Drone Smackdown. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, September 27, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 447. This is No Agenda. Reacclimating to the all-night helicopter ops in Los Angeles. I'm coming to you from the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And boy, I sure do hope that the mix works out. I'm in northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. What do you mean the mix works out? Well, you're real loud. The, the sound's real low, and it's and it's modulating. Oh. Well, at least you hear it. Loud, and then it's <laughs> quiet, and then loud, and oh, then quiet. You're yeah. in Los Angeles. Yes, I am in Los Angeles. We are here for the uh, art platform Los Angeles, which is uh, opening uh, tonight. Ms. Mickey being featured, uh, her art on uh, Expo here, as part of the Miss Mickey Hugendike World Tour 2012, of which I am in the entourage. <laughs> it's great. No. Hey man, no, the, she the, does well. She's uh, she's got an eye. Oh yeah, and uh, well, you well, we have to point out that John, you actually identified that uh, a long time ago, and you uh, helped me purchase her first camera. Yes, we selected an. We, she went with the Nikon brand. Yeah, well, she went away from that, by the way. Uh, where'd she go to? Canon. <laughs> what do you mean? Why are you I was laughing? just talking to somebody about this uh, yesterday. <laughs> Why are you laughing? The 5D or D5 or whatever yeah, it is. That, yeah, no, that's the, the one. That's the one you want. Debate. The, uh, I was talking to this guy who's a Canon shooter, and I've always was, when in the film days, I was an Icon user, and and I've used both of these cameras. I've both of the lines of the digital. Yeah. And I have to say that if I had a choice, I'd go with the Canon. In fact, when we got her her first camera, there was no Canon option. There was no D five. I don't think that. I don't think the D three well, didn't yeah, even the D5 exist. D five people really like. All right, it's, uh, but, it's it's like, a, but the, the, what I like about the Canons, I mean, the lenses I think are equivalent on both of these these groups. But the the Canon just feels better. No, no, it has. It, it's something in the chip because I know a lot of people that use it for video. There's something in there, some magic mumbo jumbo or something that well, they uh, were the first ones to go with the cmos uh, oh is that it there's a okay you know the technology and so they kind it. of ahead of the game on that everybody uh, else is sticking with ccds for as long as they could right and then uh, canon right off the bat went to cmos even though it takes a, it's harder to do because of the uh, filtering because they're noisy and i guess over the period of time they've uh, uh they, they've perfected it so anyway, so yeah, so she has a gallery representing her, and then, um, so we'll be here, now this is a, a like a four-day show, and uh, they're on sale, you know, so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in Mickey's art, as you can imagine, so <laughs> so I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to hang around and make sure that, you know, if I hear the cash register ring, I'm going to go jump you, on uh, that. Are they going to have the cocktail, have the opening with the uh, uh, gratuitous uh, Chardonnay yes, and plastic yes. cups? Yes, and I don't know. If, I will let you know if it's plastic cups, but that is oh, it's tonight. Always plastic cups. I'm, I'd be stunned <laughs> yeah. if it was anything other than plastic cups. I'll let you know. And and but we have uh, so uh, we have lots of people who are uh, coming out to support her. Uh, even some people flying in from uh, Austin, which is very cool. And uh, so that's uh, five days or four days here. And so I'll also be doing Sunday show here from Los Angeles. And we're staying at friends uh, at a friend's apartment or condo. Uh, which is way cool because obviously, you know, uh, can't just hang out in L.A. in a hotel for four or five days. Uh, then we uh, uh, we go to um, D.C. N- uh, next week. So we kind of, we I think we go back to Austin for one day 
And then we're on to DC where she's at her second show, which is the Emerge uh, art show. And actually, the Washington Post featured her um, one of her pieces of work uh, yesterday. Oh, well, I don't get the Washington Post, so. Uh, well, online you do. Oh, is it online? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I tweeted the link. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for looking at my oh, links. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Anyway. Hey, I don't so see a, tw- a, tweeted, a tweeted link. Oh, tweeter. Tweet. A tweet. You tweeted. Yes. I tweeted yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, anyway, enough of Mickey. Yeah, exactly. Let's say, well, let me just say that we had uh, a fun little uh, fun little trip coming out here. Uh, for those of you who missed this uh, no agenda travel tip the first time around, I would like to uh, reiterate that um, these days, because of the way the airports are set up, uh, they pretty much don't have any checks and balances to see if you're going through the premium line with a uh, premium ticket or not. So we, of course, flew uh, Southwest, and uh, you know you can look at all the sheeple standing there, like, oh, okay, we'll move on, we'll wait in line here. But you can also just like walk right into the premium line and go up to the front of the line and just pretend like you got a first class ticket. And the TSA officer is not checking to see if you have a first class ticket. No, they have this new thing, by the way. What's your first and last name? Since when did this start? Have you had this happen yet? What's <laughs> no. your first and last name? And then Mickey, of course, is always like, uh, her real name is Miriam Hohendijk. And they're like, <laughs> and, then, and then I and I'm always standing next to her. I'm like, and there will be a test later. Can you say that name? <laughs> anyway, they, they don't get my humor. Um, so we, um, we opted out, of course, uh, at, uh, at Austin Bergstrom. Uh, not a problem, and uh, and I kind of like it now. And I actually tell the TSA agent, uh, "This is a, so." So first of all, here's the t- travel tip. First of all, always go through the premium line with your coach ticket. This is great. No one checks it, and you can just speed right to the head of the line. And everyone's looking at you like, "Well, I wish I had a first class ticket." And um, then you opt out. And what happens now? This is also a little new. I think they say, "Okay, don't touch your things. T- point to your bags on the belt." And I'll carry them over to the station, to the, uh, the, the Fuel Me Up station. And I always say, you know, this is a great deal because not only do you carry my bags. Valet service. It's, <laughs> exactly. It's, valet, it's special TSA valet service. And I get to dress, you know, in a nice little area where the people aren't bumping into me. I don't have to, like, you know, be walking on my socks everywhere where people are, you know, slapping belts around. It is. It is. So you just say thank you. I really appreciate the TSA valet service. <laughs> You'll make friends. So the, you didn't have any incident. I thought you had an incident. That's the only reason I was kind of interested. Not really. Well, the reason I bring it up because there is, um, there's, you know, this whole uh, there is a story that I wanted to talk about briefly. Well, two stories actually regarding the TSA. One is, um, you know, this whole pre-check program which is trademarked by the way uh, TSA pre checkmark you've been following this why are they trademarking this well i think i'm starting to figure it out because this press release now the, the whole idea with this pre check thing is you give the government your biometric data so uh, an anal sample uh, retinal scan fingerprints whatever and then supposedly uh, you can go through a special line. We don't have it at Austin Airport, nor do I. will I ever get it. Um, you can go through a special line 
that is apparently faster and you don't have to take off your shoes and you don't have to take your laptop out of your bag. You do, of course, still have to go through the naked body scanner. Um, so you're giving up your, your biometric data. And I believe that this is going is turning into a huge commercial operation because here's this press release about the pre-check program. Um, and it's, a, it's a, totally a, a PR news release. Lowe's Hotel and Resorts announces coordinated effort with U.S. Department of Homeland Security as Lowe's is the first hospitality brand to offer complimentary enrollment to global entry and TSA pre-check. So uh, Jonathan Tisch, the uh, chairman of Lowe's Hotel and and Resorts, and uh, Lucy Napolitano, uh, announced their joint effort. This is now three days ago to promote the Trusted Traveler Network. And I guess um, Lowe's is offering you the first Platinum Loyalty Rewards members complimentary enrollment in the Global Entry Program and the PreCheck Program. So this is total collusion of government database collection and and loyalty reward programs. And I think that this is just the beginning. And this will, you know, pretty soon it'll be on your, uh, you know, your Walmart card. You'll be automatically enrolled. It'll be an opt out, you know, so you, you, you're automatically a part of it. I mean, this is this is. I find this to be very um, nefarious, really. This collusion with uh, with corporate entities on the on uh, on these types of programs. I think it's weird. You just went helium. Okay, well, let me just fix that. Hang on, right now. <laughs> Yay! Um, so while you're doing that, I will line up the uh, the second TSA story that I had, and this is uh, this flows right into the war on guns or war on ammo, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, I want to make sure that you're back. You back with me, John? You can I don't know. Me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Listen to this uh, quick news report here. This morning, and a flight attendant is facing charges for taking a gun through an airport security checkpoint. To make matters worse, the gun went off. Jacqueline Lobby is a flight attendant for Republic Airlines. She was busted as she went through security yesterday morning at Philadelphia International Airport. She was being questioned. A police officer tried to unload the gun when it went off by accident, firing a round into the wall. So not only is the flight attendant under investigation, police have opened up another investigation into the handling of the gun. Now, did you hear about this story at all? Nope, not at all. And the funny thing is, is that whose fault was it that the gun went off? Well, now here's what's even crazier. Because I, I, now, what's what's really nuts is we have not seen any interviews. This was like a one-off. This To me, this was a trial balloon, and I think it may even be fake. Because, come on, a gun goes off at a TSA checkpoint, and this is not huge news? I mean, an actual bullet know, went through right? a wall? Can you imagine what, I mean, people would be ducking? I mean, come on, this is... What I mean, did the bullet hit? So, so I believe this is a lie and a bullcrap story, but here's what's interesting. They show the gun in the report, and uh, I found uh, actually found a written report, only one or two reports about it online, so this is why I think it was a trial balloon. It's the Smith & Wesson Airweight, and they're very specific about this gun. Um, now, are you familiar with the, the Smith & Wesson Airweight? It's a thirty-eight. No. Nope. Uh, uh, you, you, you have to Google this and take a look at it. Um, so this is a revolver, all right? Now, now remember, so they, the, the TSA agent tried, according to the story, tried to unload the gun 
which consists of oh gee I don't know like opening up the uh, the chamber. Uh, uh, no, you the, flipped a the little cylinder thing around. Yeah, there's yeah. no, there's the, no, there's no way this gun can go off accidentally. So it was cocked. No, no, but even John, look at the gun. It has a an, an enclosed hammer. You can't cock this gun. Is the air weight? Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's it's an enclosed. Oh, it's it, it's a, huh. this is for concealed carry, and I think that it's a that, weird looking thing. Yeah. Yeah, but you see, it has a. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not using the right terms, but it has a uh, an enclosed hammer. Yeah, there's no hammer. So you, well, it's in there, but it you can't. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, well, it's a concealed it's, hammerless because you just then right. you can see. So you can't cock this thing. So someone had to physically pull the trigger all the way back while the cylinder was still in the in the gun, and it had to turn and the, and then had yeah, to you fire. Yeah, right. This if you is pull not. Out, yeah, this exactly. is not an accidental. It's a, it's a it's revolver. A, yes, it's not an accidental shooting. I don't think anything was shot, and if anything, because they're pointing this out, and this is known as a, a very nice concealed carry weapon. I think that this was a trial balloon. But it probably got messed up with, oh, I don't know, Ahmadinejad wanting to kill all the Jews and whatever. You know, it just didn't get any traction. So they, they let it go. But you watch, there's going to be more stories about concealed carry weapons. And, and, you know, and this flight attendant who we have not heard from since... When, yeah, you know, you're right. This story is bogus. Okay. This is a design for just just part of the very slow momentum mm-hmm. anti gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, what flight? It, I mean, come yeah, on. and she was on like Revolution Air or something like some. And, and have you ever heard Republic. of Republic? Republic Air. Which I don't even remember. I thought they were out of business. Do they even? Let's check that actually. Republic. <laughs> that would be funny <laughs> if they're not even flying anymore. <laughs> Republic right Airlines. Spreadsheet's finally in. Okay. Republic Airlines. It's regional uh, jet. Still in business, I guess. Purchased by Northwest. Uh, Republic Airlines. Hmm. So what airport was this? In Philadelphia. Hmm. Do they even fly to Philadelphia? That's the question I'm wondering. Destinations. Hmm. Check it out. Uh, looks like they probably do. Okay. Well. Anyway, this the, this this whole thing is just like okay. And you know they're so keen to point out exactly the weapon. Uh, to me, it's just pretty obvious that this is a. Uh, well, obviously they didn't want to put it in full gear, so that's why I never heard of this story. Well, that's what I mean. I, I think that there was just too much other stuff. And there were some other amazing promotions going on. I mean, really, really good, big uh, promotional stuff. I mean, this whole... I mean, I don't know where... How many clips did you send me? Do I have all your clips here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, 16? That makes yeah. sense? Okay. Um... You know, we had uh, this the whole Ahmadinejad uh, interview, which I think I have exactly zero clips from, with uh, with Pierce Moron. He uh, didn't have much to say. It's always the same. It's There's always one thing that did come up, and I caught it on the Asian news. Oh, which is uh, yeah, and it was Ahmadinejad speaking. Uh, uh, re- play the clip, or this is the translation, of course. Again, in, from Asia, the U.S. didn't cover this at all. We've talked about these, this kind of thing going on a couple of times. It still has never been discussed by the mainstream media. I, I, 
Iran meeting in New York City. Play that. Ahmadinejad also says Iran is one of nearly a dozen countries forming a new contact group trying to end the 18-month-long war in Syria. Members will include 10 or 11 countries in the Middle East and elsewhere. He says they will meet in New York very soon. Hmm. So we talked about how、um, the Egyptian guy decided to put together a team of four countries, including、uh, Iran. Yeah. And now apparently there's a bigger group. It's formed of about a half or a dozen countries. And this is his contact we're group. We're included, and so we don't cover it. <laughs> yeah. No. This is his contact group, and uh, and they, didn't they already have a meeting in uh, in uh, in Tehran a couple weeks back? They may have. Yeah, I think I think they had this first meeting. Have them, this meeting is going to be in New York City, which I find fascinating. <laughs> well, it's so obvious that this is one big joke to everybody. Just we're not in on it. I actually, I I do have one one clip. This is、uh, Pierce Morgan asking Ahmadinejad,、uh, and I love these. It's almost, it's almost the if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be, Mister Evil Ahmadinejad? He says. So if.、Um, Terrorists had flown into your building and killed three thousand Iranians. What would you have done? Wouldn't you have retaliated? Nine eleven in Tehran. How would you have reacted to the country that you believed had done that? So you're saying that the country of Afghanistan was at fault, was responsible. So you're. See- I love. So what happens here? This is why you got to listen to this. He starts interviewing Morgan. And he just he starts asking the questions, and Pierce starts answering them. Being the responsible party as a whole nation, I think it is inarguable that Al Qaeda and Osama bin Laden's、uh, men that worked for him were training in Afghanistan. So Afghanistan was certainly knowingly harboring terrorists who were training to commit atrocities. I believe that you can. Under no circumstances, justify the condemnation and the attack upon a country in order to reach a single terrorist group. And I do believe, I do believe, that no matter how long you and I or other people speak, this is unexplainable. Allow me to ask you: Do you believe that the various administrations of the of the United States were successful in eradicating terrorism? <laughs> They haven't been. Has the problem been resolved, or has it gotten worse? Well, it's hard to see. See, see now, he's answering his questions. The guy is a, what a dummy. He's masterful, this Ahmadinejad. I think my my、so、the approach was wrong. My, my answer, the formula, my answer would be clearly it has been partially successful in the sense that <laughs> Al Qaeda has been unable to commit another attack of that magnitude <laughs> since. And again, I come back to if you were. The president of Iran, and that attack happened in Tehran. It wouldn't have been acceptable to your people for you to do nothing. Not at all. Surely, we would have pursued the perpetrators, not not to seek an entire nation. But I ask you this: during the、Another、last ten years, during the last decade, how many American forces were lost and killed in Afghanistan and Iraq, even today? So he does this so well, and you know, no matter what the question is, and 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 I've and I've spoken to many people since this interview, and they're hearing completely different things. You know, they are hearing he wants to wipe Israel off the out the face of the map, but he never says this. He says, "Should Palestinian people?" He always turns it around. 
Should Palestinian people have the right to, you know, he just he turns it into a question, into some hypothetical, and the answer that people hear is always in the question of the interviewer. It's fascinating to me how people watch these interviews and, and literally hear something that is not said. Yeah, no, it's, a, well, that's kind of, uh, <laughs> that's kind of, I have a, if we want to play it, mm-hmm. I have, you know, the Howard Stern um action this week no i don't know anything about it what happened oh well i have it as an end of show clip but he he said he's got a couple of his guys that went out on the streets and asked these ludicrous questions of people this was uh nancy pelosi's daughter did some sort of a documentary i I think we discussed it or took it yeah a while ago yeah i remember this yeah Yeah, well she went to mississippi and found a bunch of dummies so so stern sends his boys to harlem to talk to obama supporters (laughs) with the same kind of questions questions that are where they're obviously they either don't know which seems likely or they're not paying attention and he keeps the, the one guy keeps harping on uh, the question what do you think it was wise of obama to to uh to uh, choose uh, ryan as the vice president <laughs> that's a great question and they all went yeah no that was really smart <laughs> God, that kind of thing. And I know we'll play that at the end because it's yeah, long. No, it's right? a long, yeah, long it's piece that we play no, at the end. And it's got a lot. But what's what's interesting about it is the self assuredness. Oh yeah, where people just like absolutely. Yeah, this yeah. is great. Very creepy, actually. It's, well, yeah, creepy, but it, you know, it also just shows. Well, yeah, it's creepy in the fact that it's so easy to show how how you can manipulate uh, the public. Actually, yeah. So I, I do have some clips here of. Uh, MSNBC, both MSNBC and CNN cut off Ahmadinejad, like after like a minute and a half. And they just like, okay, that's enough of that. Because, you know, the guy was like sitting there like making sense, <laughs> saying, well, you know, America is, uh, you know, is kind of evil and they're cutting us off and they're trying to be the boss of us. And, you know, is that okay? And uh, <laughs> let me, let me, uh, I won't play the MSNBC one, but the CNN one was very funny because then, they bring in their analyst, and she she just makes stuff up on the spot that he didn't say. I do not believe that Muslims, Christian, Jews, Hindus, Buddhists, and others have any problems among themselves or are hostile against each other. Now, this is interesting what he's saying here, right? He's saying, I don't believe that Muslim, Jews, Christians, you know, the Hindus, they have any problem living together, don't have any problem with each other's religions. He's essentially setting it up to say, you know, we're being played out against each other, which I have to say, I, I'm agreeing with him on this. They get along together comfortably and live together in an atmosphere of peace and amity. They are all devoted to the cause of justice, purity and love. The general tendency of nations has always been to accomplish positive common aspirations, reflecting exalted divine and human beauties and nobilities. He's saying nice things here. You know, he's saying like he's he's you know he's yeah, not, it's, it's bull crap, but it's it's yeah, nice. Well, of course, he's not being a, he's not shaking his fist and no, his no, 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 like we like to do. So, a uh, time to interrupt him. I think this is this is no good. I mean, he's not saying anything horrible. We got hey. Hey, control room here, interrupt this douchebag. 
the current abysmal situation of the world and the bitter well the uh, president of iran <laughs> there it is. has a whole lot of blame for a whole lot of other what? countries he didn't say anything blame <laughs> Is that what she said? So yes. we, we listen to this guy go on and on about how great Love everybody is. Love and peace is. and happiness. And this is a lot of blame. Yeah, listen to the analyst she brings in. Thank you, Love. Other than his own, specifically those Zionists who he always... He didn't. He said Jews. He didn't say Zionists. At least not in this piece. He may have said it, you know, 10 minutes earlier. Calls the uncivilized Zionists and those nations with hegemony and arrogance uh, blaming the world's problems like the environment and double standards and the cultural problems and poverty on many of those uh, capitalist nations around the world. Jill Dorn- so hold on a second. Hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Here, he's it's the capitalist nations themselves, including the USA, our own people are the ones blaming us for the environment <laughs> yeah. with all the global warming bull crap. Yeah. We're terrible. It's gonna, we're going to kill everybody. Our corporations are evil. <laughs> so how's he doing that? Um, I, you know, it's, it sounds more like he's a Democrat running for <laughs> office in Massachusetts. <laughs> Let's listen to the analyst for a minute here. He's still with me from State Department, our, our top reporter who always covers that. Top reporter, John. Not just just, just as a top reporter. She's the tip of the top. Oh, top Top this is not what that. I was expecting. I, I have to say, like, there's always time for him to turn and get ornery, Jill. But I was expecting something uh, much quicker, a lot more uh, strident language right off the bat. See, this is very disappointing. Hey, the guy's talking about love and peace and happiness and kumbaya. <laughs> and hey, man, this is disappointing to me. What's going on this with sucks. this? The guy's this is, out this of the is speed. Hey, man, what are you pull out, up what he said. Pull out your AK-47 and do something, man. Yeah, you know, Ashley... Um, it's not over yet, so he could still do that. But I think, again, <laughs> I still have hope. Hang in there. <laughs> We're looking at a man who wants to uh, d- uh, depict Iran, which is a great country. Oh, by the way, it's a great country, just so you know. This gets even crazier now I hear this woman. Persia and himself uh, as a great man, a great leader who sees the world the way what? it is. Which- He's a great leader. I don't know. Just a stooge. It, isn't this crazy how she goes from I'm so disappointed to it's a great country, he's a great leader. Just controlled by, he didn't say it, but the United States. You mentioned hegemonic powers and everything is rigged against the uh, the lower countries of the world. Yeah. Stri- yes, correct. Hello. <laughs> to get uh, out from under the bottom of this. And it also plays into his uh, interpretation of why Iran should have at least the capability of having nuclear power. He wouldn't say necessarily nuclear weapons but nuclear power because after all the big countries do it and sometimes that type of message you know the big guys can do it why can't we does resonate with some countries yeah only the crazy countries i mean you can't be thinking that little country you you can't have what the big boys have go away and they just say it so matter-of-factly john so matter-of-factly you know it's just like oh well you know Little countries can't be having no nuclear power. You know that. Come on, we're the, we're the hegemonics. <laughs> this sounds like a name of a group. <laughs> the hegemonics. <laughs> the hegemonic cats. So uh, speaking of deniers, uh, this is great. Al Gore is uh, cranking up his reality show again, and uh, it's the what is it called? It's the. Uh, I don't know. He does. He does like a twenty-four hours of some bull crap. So he's on current. He's talking about how great it was last year, 
and listen to his new meme on how we're going to, you know, this is about global warming, obviously, how we're going to, uh, you know, propagate the, the formula. Last fall, we aired our first 24 hours of reality. Woo! That'd be the first from you. A live streamed multimedia event from every time zone in the world. It was a global conversation with over 8 million views and 120 million Twitter impressions. <laughs> what exactly is a Twitter, a Twitter imp- impression? A Twitter impression. I mean, see, th- so where some- does that number come from? I've never heard of a Twitter impression. How you can even I, I don't uh, know. Get, uh, t- where's where's it shown? That think- you, did he get it, the number straight from Twitter? <laughs> this is this is the bull crap. He's just that- making it up like these. No, these no, no, no. Someone stuff. in his office, you know, you know, someone had to prove their worthiness, and they put together a spreadsheet and said, you know, here's our here's our uh, metrics. Here's our metrics on how, metrics. Success, yeah, how successful we were. And we had 120 million Twitter impressions. Oh, that's great. <laughs> With comments in the social media stream running, running every three seconds. Oh, my goodness, John. This sounds like a global warming nightmare. Here it comes. The amount of energy used to do all this bull crap, <laughs> which is meaningless, it's yeah. just to probably set back uh, the of the environment by at least a hundred years. We're if, doomed. Exactly. If these people had, instead of being twittering with all their computers on and movement, if they had just been napping, that yeah. would that would have that would probably that probably would have saved uh, tons of carbon. And how yeah. listening to Al Gore doesn't make you want to nap? I don't know. <laughs> here's a here's his new meme. Sure, we're creating something we call the Dirty Weather Report. It's the Dirty Weather Report, John. Because, you know, like climate is not weather. Or is it? Because it's the dirty weather. weather. Yeah. The weather we're experiencing now is just cool. that, dirty. It's fueled by dirty fossil fuel energy and misinformation. <laughs> so Yeah. It's so, fueled by misinformation. Well, then you should be able to get a lot of energy for nothing. So he's It's sa- fueled by misinformation? Yes. He's saying there's a lot of dirty weather, a lot of dirtiness in the weather. And it's misinformation is blowing in the wind, apparently. Here, listen. This crisis uh, has to be understood in order to be stopped. The misinformation includes messaging that it's not happening, that we can't solve it, that we can't afford to act. However, together, with your help and the full force of our 21st century technology and media, we can stop the misinformation and the dirty weather. (laughs) By shooting anyone with a dissenting point of view. Yes. And we can solve the climate crisis. So please follow us at, at Climate Reality. Tune in November 14th. And for the many influencers out there who have tuned into this summit, help us. Fo- hey, are we influencers? Can we count ourselves as the influencer team? I don't think we're influencing anyone. Well, let's I look. think we're, we're, just, we're just confirming people's deep-seated beliefs. That they, they haven't had confirmed by the media. Here's his last uh, 15 seconds. Fight against the messages from the climate deniers. Woo! Help us by climate mobilizing deniers. your networks and partners and asking them to watch and participate. Together we will solve this crisis and we will seize its opportunities. Thank you so much for all your support. Yeah, not a problem. The science is in! All right. Deniers. Yep. Deniers. That's us. Hey, let's thank uh, our... Um, 
Oh, I, yeah. Before you just stall for a second because I did not open the spreadsheet yet. Okay, I got it in. I got it here. Yeah. So uh, you just want me to like do a little dance or something while? Yeah, no. Uh, play a jingle. Okay. Uh, oh, I have this one again. Yeah, I've, uh, I got the whole uh, the rig all set up now. So. Uh, oh, okay. You're right. Right. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. we have uh, oh. we have uh, one. Well, we get we get the one executive producer and one, two, three, four, five associates. Holy today. moly! <clears throat> this is good. This is good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Thor Hanks in Seattle, Washington, uh, th- came with $325 to become the executive producer for show 447. Devoted less uh, listener and semi-boner, uh, guilted into donating to the best podcast in the universe. I could use some weight loss karma. I also missed the Lucifer Hillary nickname. Hello, where have you been? I think you used it at least three times last show. <laughs> yeah, for it's sure. Just, uh, Lucifer Clippity Club. Yeah. You've got... Karma. Oh, there you go. There's your weight loss karma. Uh, Joshua Paulson in Ridgefield, Washington. Hold on a second. Can I can I give uh, Thor a little tip? Uh, there's a book called What is it, Mickey? The Four Day Mickey. Hello. Hello to Mickey. Hello to Mickey. The the book that we got from Chris, the Four Day Diet. What's that called? The Four Day Food. Four. Yeah, but what was the name of the book? Do you remember the name? four-hour diet yeah it's the slow carb uh, diet yeah that sounds like another gimmick no uh, okay all right yeah, do, do yeah. you do you remember chris Brashears? yeah how big was he uh he was thin as a rail <laughs> all right you can be a dick all you want anyway work for joshua him. pulse in ridgefield washington 250 dollars uh, to all listeners of the best podcast in the universe i made the mistake of traveling without allocating karma to my credit card and was flagged for fraud and I was nearly stranded and then called repeatedly at three in the morning. <laughs> Do oh, not no. I mistake. Oh, no. And Joshua will actually become a knight today. So let's make sure we give him some extra travel karma there. You've huh. got karma. Right on. Tyler Fox or Sir Tyler Fox to you. Uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, four two four two four two fifty. Uh, my name is Sir Tyler Fox, not Taylor. I guess somebody said Taylor last time. Yeah, that who, who would that somebody be? Probably me. Yeah. Uh, uh, PayPal typo. After, ah, it's a PayPal typo Ooh. after legal name change. That's oh. so. That's what happened. Oh, it wasn't okay. me. It was nope, PayPal. Amazingly, fault. PayPal didn't miss a beat with my monthly thirty-three thirty-three donation. When I made the name change, I am Knight, formerly known as Taylor Stewart. This donation should bring me to my second knighthood, adding up all the donations made under my previous name. I would like to gift my second knighthood to my best friend's wife. Oh. Hey. Hey, now. Kim Morer. She is a loyal listener and works hard to keep me, keeps, to help keep me wake up her husband. And works hard to help me, whoa, okay, to wake up her husband. Oh, who doesn't like to listen to the show, I guess. He's still resistant to the many of the hardest truths explained twice weekly in the best podcast in the universe please give me some hey citizen karma for a loan i've been trying to get approved hey i don't see uh, i don't see kim moore on the list so i so i just add her as a as a dame i mean, I, I presume uh well jc is probably listening so he'll go check the numbers and yeah i just sure. want to yeah. make sure that we do yeah you know, we can we yeah you know, we do have to have some accounting anyway so we'll give a little bit of hey citizen uh uh hey where did my hey citizen go oh no the citizen. Oh, here it is. All right. Hey, citizen. There you go. You've got karma. Hey, citizen. There we go. All right. We're still good. We're good. All right. 
Toby Knotts in uh, Kenilworth, Illinois. Uh, check in the mail, 23456. Dean Bertram, uh, Sir Dean Bertram in uh, Ghana, 220. Good day, John and Adam. Uh, 419 Ghana Cetus doesn't seem to go as far as it used to. Sorry, guys. Sir Dean and Dame Diana, Accra, Ghana. P.S. Not for reading. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> he just wants to tell so if he can. No not for content. reading out. Not for reading out. He's got a missing night ring we'll deal with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ed La Boutelier. La Boutelier. La Boutelier. Boutelier in Hesperia, California, 200 bucks. Uh, pronounced Ed La Boutier. La Boutier. Uh, you guys are the best bastion of investigative No, the last bastion. Oh, you said last? Yeah, it's last. Only, but actually, we don't, we're really analysts. We're not uh, really investigators. You know, someone on Twitter um, just this morning, wow, can you hear all the sirens and everything here? No. Uh, oh, okay. Someone this morning on Twitter uh, was yelling at me and uh, saying... On Twitter? Yeah, and saying... How many Twitter page views did it have? Well, uh, I think it had about 100 million impressions. Uh, this is Mantra Train. And he's like, Adam... You don't check your sources. I'm like, what are you calling me, a journalist? I mean, would you stop calling me names, please? We're not, we're not journalists. You don't check your sources. You know, it's like, we're analysts. Yeah, Hello. Analysts. Yeah, analysts. Yeah. Analysts are different than journalists. Journalists really? actually report. We, yeah. we, we yeah. read documents and, 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 and analyze. And, and give you our opinion. Uh, so that'll conclude our uh, executive and associate executive producer segment with uh, our, our helpers, our, our executive producers and associate executive yes. producers for today's show, 447. Go to Dvorak.org slash com slash NA. The No Agenda Show, you can click on the donate button there or uh, noagendanation.com. There's also one there. You can check that out. And we would appreciate continued help for the upcoming Sunday show where we've got some pretty good stuff coming up, I bet you. And uh, I would uh, like to thank Nick the Rat for the uh, previous artwork on the artwork on the previous episode, 446, as this is uh, No Agenda episode 445. And uh, before we go any further, let me just give you a big in the morning there, John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry, in the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, and all the knights yes. that listen to the show religiously. Uh, I want to say hello to them, too. And thank you to our uh, uh, executive producer and associate executive producers for today's program. More thanks coming up in our donation segment. Of course, you can always help us by going out and propagating our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And I did want to mention that Sir Ernie is back. Uh, Sir Ernie has done uh, several challenge coins for the show. So the, now remember, the way our uh, our value for value model works is uh, you can do whatever you want with the program. You can take our names, logos, uh, copyrights, nothing exists. Just do whatever you want. You can sell t-shirts, uh, rain sticks. Uh, we'd appreciate if you gave us a little bit of the proceeds and helped us out. And he is back now with the No Agenda Super Karma coin. And have you seen this, John? The Super Karma coin. Which yeah, is I've the, seen it, but I haven't got one. The tw- no, I don't have one either. This is the 12... 12... 21... Supreme Hyper Karma coin. 
And if you go to noagendasuperkarma.com, you got to take a look at this thing. Yeah, I saw it. It looks like a... It looks, it looks like a poker chip. I was just going to say, it looks like a, a casino chip. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Uh, so uh, he's got. I'm a, surprised I, that somebody hasn't done that for us. Uh, poker chips. Yeah. Mm. No agenda poker chips that you can just take into the casino and see if they'll fall for it. You mean? No, you just have them. <laughs> you, you play a friendly game at home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, we have we have all kinds of games. We you know have, those chips in the in the in the casinos now. They got RFID on every one of them. Oh, really? I, so you, um, so you, can, yeah. you can't take it. Oh, or so or so the well, table knows. The you table knows it, what it can't. The table knows what it is. You mean? Yeah, table knows what's going on. Mm. Yeah. Well, who says that there's no RFID in these? You don't know that. Could be all kinds of stuff in these karma coins. Look, you know, you, you know, proceed with caution. I'm wondering if those CIA got challenge coins that we have oh, have uh, chips. Yeah. How about the piggy bank? <laughs> it not only has an R, it's it's transmitting it's each time. Little, I, it's got a little coin changer and it's figuring out how much money you got. The, the bank. Hey, Just in case a, they need to raid your he's house. He's put in another 25. Leave the piggy bank alone. There's not enough in it. The guy's broke. So I got um, a whole bunch of emails this morning, apparently in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Now, this is funny because I scoffed at you. You um, you had this clip about the uh, Facebook party gone wrong up there in uh, in the north of Holland, right? With a hundred thousand people saying they'd attend. Well, yeah, but three thousand, three or four thousand actually showed up, and it turned into so. Um, of course, you know, not being in the milieu, as you would say it, uh, th- this actually was it was quite a scene, and uh, it turned ugly, and everyone started rioting, and they they basically broke this entire village and uh, what was in the newspaper this morning in the netherlands because of course the netherlands is shocked about this they're shocked that this could happen Uh, while you know the rest of europe burns as we have people rioting for actual reasons you know like no food no house no job Uh, this has not hit the netherlands yet but people are shocked and um uh, the article is saying well we had the army ready the troops were and they have a big picture of a tank we had the army ready, but you know the uh, the local guys uh, didn't quite know how to reach out to us, and we have to be ready for the next time. And yeah, don't worry, we'll set it up. Yeah, we should have put, we should have brought in the army. They should have been there. The troops should have been on the ground to stop this atrocity. And everyone's like, "Wow, my oh my god, they're, they're actually going to roll out the army on this because <laughs> a bunch of kids are having a birthday party." This well, is this, pathetic. Well, this is what's interesting because, and I only learned this this morning from our our host where we're staying. This whole thing is based upon a movie called Project X. Have you heard of this movie? Not yet. Okay. So Project X apparently came out a while ago. Of course, coincidentally, uh, the DVD Blu-ray is now uh, being released. It's now being promoted. Um, And I believe it's being promoted uh, in Europe now. It came out in June or July here in, uh, in the States. And the whole premise is, and I have the trailer for you, 30, 30 seconds of the trailer. The whole premise is uh, Facebook party, uh, everyone shows up, the house burns down. All fun and games. Until someone burns the house down. New and Blu-ray combo pack from the guy who gave you the hangover. This is way more than 50 people. Of course it is. It's plus one. Come the moment you couldn't remember. 
Because you never saw them. But what about this? What if my parents see it? Nobody's going to see this but us. Have you seen the footage? Project X Extended Cut. You break it down, yo! Watch this on the Blu-ray combo pack and digital download June 19th. Yep. So um, I think we can see more of these taking place as they roll out the uh, the DVD promotion. Um, outstanding job. I call another PR um, PR success is what I'd say. Talking to JC. Oh. Yeah, no, it's a winner. We missed <laughs> it because we did the same thing. I mean, this movie connection, I actually, when I brought the clip up, I should have, if I had known that at the time, I could have dropped it on you when you were going, eh, this is just a waste oh, yeah. of time. No, no, you, you, you would have had clip of the day. Uh, absolutely. Because I, I looked over and I'm like, and I didn't, I didn't know what Project Egg was. Apparently, it's like this cult hit from the people <laughs> who brought you the hangover. Geez, sorry, I must have missed it. Um, but I'm sure it's on uh, on Netflix, so we'll have to take a look at it now. But um, you know, it's so easy to uh, get the stupid youths who are who have nothing better to do to get them into this stuff. Now, I mean, this is this is not just an exercise in PR for the movie; it's an exercise in showing how how you can get the stupid children to do all kinds of crazy things. And, um, they're and bored. There's not, you know, when I was a kid, uh, we used to have, when I was a kid, kid, mm-hmm. we used to have, there used to be things called community centers and kids would actually go there. Yeah. And, and, and all kinds of activities. Yeah, arts and crafts. Well, there was, you know, pool <laughs> tables. Paper mache. There was a dance, there was a dance thing they would do a week, I think all the time. They would, uh. <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> Arts and crafts, not so much. I remember. It was at least something place to go. I remember my mom would drop me off. It's like she had to go somewhere. I don't know what she was doing. You know, she's probably I don't know spying somewhere. So like, look, I'll just drop you off at the uh, at the community center, and then you know we'd like do crayons. And I was young. You know, Arts and crafts, paper mache. I remember that. You're still in high school, I think, when that happened. Uh, uh, thanks. The, uh, yeah, the yeah. crayons. Oh, you're so funny. So funny. So uh, let's get a couple of things out of the way. First of all, there's the ludicrous, the ludicrous, beyond ludicrous distraction of the week. Oh, please don't tell me this is about the stupid uh, football yes, referee it's thing. the most stupid thing ever. But I don't even the- know. This is so beyond me that I don't yeah, even I know, know what even- the hell is going on. I'm like, and peop- when someone, people were emailing me saying, this has got to be the distraction of the week. I'm like. You're so stupid because you're already the fact that you're even watching football. I was thinking, well, this is going to probably blow over. But now all the politicals got involved. So play my clip. And and here's what you're going to first. You're going to hear the tweet that Obama made about it. And then Paul Ryan's going to go on about it. And then the kicker is yours truly coming out. Not yours truly me, but your best friend making a commentary. It's like, Uh, oh, please. Meanwhile, President Obama weighing in saying NFL fans on both sides of the aisle hope the refs lockout is settled soon. And Mr. Obama is not the only prominent politician who has a problem with the NFL's replacement refs. Give me a break. (laughs) It is time to get the real refs. And you know what? It reminds me of President Obama and the economy. If you can't get it right, it's time to get out. No, I did not think it was a touchdown. I thought the pass was intercepted. And yes, it means that we need to get the strike over and get more experienced people in there. And we asked you on Facebook... 
Okay, right. so just for the, uh, you know, we have people around the world listening who have not been involved in this stupid distraction. It's hilarious. Would you please explain what's going on? Because it's just, it's, it's such, there's it's a, so dumb. A, okay, well, people around the world all have their sports, or you know, their sports that they like. And our sport that we like the most, apparently, in the United States is, is professional American-style football. And uh, the, the the bastards who own these teams are so ch- they're making millions and billions of dollars. Literally, they make so John, much money. It's John, ridiculous. you're showing a little too much passion passion for the whole let topic. Me, let me get it out of the way. You sound these, like <laughs> these owners decided to, to to fire all the referees and bring in a bunch of amateurs from high school, and they've been botching these games, and now it could come to a head. Right. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so I had no idea that was going on, and, uh, and I'm, uh, very, proud Sorry. I'm very proud second. of it. Sorry. I'm very proud of it. However, I did catch this news. And now we want to go to Tennessee, where a college student nearly died okay. after consuming large amounts of alcohol through a rather unconventional and disturbing way. Can you guess what that is? No, tell me. An enema. <laughs> so now, now... Aaron has my attention. The University of Tennessee student was taken to the hospital in critical condition with a blood alcohol level over point uh, over 4.0. Tonight he's out of the hospital, but the university's wow. Phi Beta Kappa. I think you're dead at that point. Phi Beta yeah, Kappa. I don't see how you can get through that one. Alpha fraternity. Apologies. But let's get in depth. Let's find out what this new trend is about, John. Has been suspended amid an investigation. Our George Howell is out front tonight following the investigation. And George, appreciate your taking the time. It's a really disturbing story, a disturbing image to imagine this happening. <laughs> I love how she brings up the image. So I'm like, okay, let me think for a second. Guy's got a tube in his butt, and someone's shit jamming some alcohol. Yes, it is rather disturbing. Aaron, thank you for bringing that up on your news station. So what, what exactly uh, went down? Well, Aaron, uh, the, these facts, disturbing to say the least, as, least, as you mentioned, a blood alcohol level of 0. .40. That is five times the legal limit. Uh, investigators are looking in. So what is it, 0. .40 or 4.0? Because now we have conflicting information. I'm very confused. To it, trying to get to the bottom well, it of it. Sounds like it must have been point four. I think. It, well, she said it wrong. I, that's uh, this sounds too too yeah, high. Four for percent <laughs> blood alcohol. You might as well just be. Yeah, yeah just, that's not. You can light. You could don't you don't light a cigarette. Fire, yeah, think. don't light a cigarette. They believe that Alex Broughton used an alcohol enema to get more <laughs> alcohol into a system. Is this what the kids are doing, John? This is so awesome. Now, I want to read this I statement from it. police. Uh, they I kind of break of it, it down. There was a, a law and order about the, uh, the alcohol douche uh, or uh, the tampon. You right. I remember it. that. Yeah, sure. I remember the douche. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is good because I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. As the way they see it happening uh, upon extensive questioning. It is believed that members of the fraternity were using rubber tubing inserted into into their rectums as a conduit for alcohol. Why is this a story? This is like a this is like (laughs) it's just giving people the bad ideas. Well, this this was kind of my question is why is this a story? Abundance of capillaries and blood vessels present present rather. It's making me sick to listen to it. It's an instruction video as far as I know. These people at CNN think is like a valuable information. Well, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. greatly heightens the level and speed of the alcohol entering the bloodstream. Oh, okay, I think it's a, stop it. Stop no, no, it. It's, I can't take it. It's instruction. You have to listen carefully. As it bypasses the filtering by the liver. Now, I do want... So they actually just explained why it works so well. ...to mention uh, that we've heard from Broughton's father. He has indicated that that is not the, the way it happened. He said that his son... Uh, has, what? What? 
the liver, it's not as though you ingest the uh, into your stomach when you drink alcohol that it goes into the liver. First, it goes into the bloodstream, then it goes into the liver. And it's always going to go into the bloodstream, then the liver. So it's going to do the same thing the other way. It's not bypassing the liver. Well, uh, this bypassing is... Bypassing the digestive th- system. This is CNN with their inf- information. I'm not a doctor, but I think I'm right on this. He's out of the hospital and back in school. But we also talked, Aaron, to several doctors who gave us a, di- a different interpretation of how this happened. First oh, of all, all right. they, they say that the alcohol absorption rate would be the same, whether you drink alcohol or uh, by method of this way. <laughs> or, or, or have it shot up your butt. <laughs> uh, the alcohol absorption is the same. The difference is you get more alcohol into your system. And that is the problem here. So much alcohol Again, 0.40, five times the legal limit, and that's what he had to do. How does that make any sense? Hold on a second. He says the absorption rate's the same. So, how do you get, if the absorption rate's the same, how do you get more into your system? What what he should have said, which is again another sketchy uh, description of how, you know, what they're trying to say. They don't know what they're talking about, let's say that. that, And they should have brought in Sanjay Gupta on this one. Yeah, Gupta would have said something cool. Gupta should have done that. I mean, but so why is. This is the only way that that I drink. So why is this happening? Uh, there is, there has to be a reason for this story. A movie's coming out, 3D, the enema. <laughs> okay. Uh, could be a movie. Maybe The Hangover 4, is that coming out? I mean, we, I, I, guarantee, I think you're right. We will see a movie where some guy gets a, a tube shoved up his butt and they force, force alcohol into him that way. There's, it's got to be something like that. Now, along those lines, we received... Uh, through a FedEx from Stuart Green. Now, you don't remember Stuart, but he, um, we stayed at his house on the first Hot Pockets tour in North, North Carolina in Asheville. And uh, he sent us two jars of moonshine, oh. le- legally made and labeled. Yeah, they, they can, yeah so they have, actually, it shows up on the market every once in a while. Well, I'm calling Usually this now. comes from Kentucky. I'm calling this now. Well, uh, according to him, moonshine uh, really originated in North Carolina because that's where NASCAR started. And you'll recall mm-hmm. that the NASCAR guys were, of course, really moonshine runners. And this is made by... Uh, this is a myth. But go uh, on. Oh, I'm just... Why? You don't think it's true? No, I don't think it's true at all. Where does NASCAR come from then? It comes from the racing circus. It's, it's, it was we always liked to race, and they, right. you know we've always been racing sports cars. And then somebody decided to race stock cars. It wasn't because they were a bunch of moonshiners looking for something else to do with their time since they couldn't run booze anymore. It uh, makes zero are sense. Are you very sure about that? Because uh, I've heard this many times. Well, I'm sure it's a good story. I'm just not buying it. I mean, I. I, I can look into the NASCAR websites and look at the NASCAR lore and how it got started because it did get started, I think, in the late forties or fifties. Wait a minute, wasn't it the Dukes of Hazard? Didn't they start like they were running away with the general? Yeah, Lee? the Dukes of Hazard started NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he sent us these two jars, and he had a little. Instru- I just wanted to read to you an instruction. Uh, one is made in the Asheville area, the old way. This jar is clear and is nothing to f around with. Don't drink it too fast, or there will be trouble. The, the second jar has blueberries in it. It should be really good. It, and I have to say, it is really, really good. Now he says, my buddy does all the design work for Junior Johnson, and this is the NASCAR-related moonshine that he told me about last year. Junior Johnson. 
So they're making the moonshine, and, and according to lore, Junior Johnson is one of the guys who started out with NASCAR because he was running the... Um, yeah, see, the chat room's even saying it. Look up Junior Johnson. I think that's uh, that's the key. Let me see. Junior. Does he have something about Junior Johnson seen here in 1985 was a popular NASCAR driver from the 1950s who began as a bootlegging driver from Wilkes County, North Carolina. It's right there on the wiki page. Okay, so he was a bootlegging driver. So what? Yeah, so it started with bootleggers. No, it's bullcrap. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sure we'll get a lot of email of people telling us exactly okay, what Okay, what are we going to do, all us bootleggers? I got an idea. <laughs> Let's get a big old track, and instead of running the booze, we'll just run around in a circle, and that'll do. That'll make that'll get us out of our system, because you know the way it is. We got to drive hard, and we got to drive all the time. What do you think? Is that going to do it? Yeah, man. I think it's going to be great. What are we going to call it? We're going to call it NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. After, we'll call it after that rapper Nas. NASCAR. Very good. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Another bit of uh, history uh, as, as foretold by John C. Dvorak, your historian on duty. Anyway, it's really good. And I'm predicting that we are going to see uh, legal moonshine will be the new tequila. That could be. And I think... If it's know, done right, it's fine. It's just, uh, it just has to be pretty... It no, has but, to be filtered. Essentially, it's vodka. Yeah, but the whole... Yes, that's what I'm talking I about. I mean, you, 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 the better vodkas are filtered, like, uh, through activated charcoal uh, five to seven times. By the way, the best vodka, I think, for the price, and it's, and it's charcoal filtered seven times, is rain. And rain vodka is manufactured in the South by this company that it's really specializes in... Uh, in uh, bourbons and uh, uh, rice. I, th- I, I, I think we're going to see uh, hip hop guys like Diddy's going to, you know, because the whole, listen to me, this is a, mar- if, if, you know, of course we have the Curry Dvorak uh, Consulting Group. This is a marketing bonanza, people. Listen to me. You've got the jars. We had drinks last night. We, you know, we hooked up with my daughter and, uh, and Juan, who I hadn't seen in months. You know, oh, you're in LA. Yeah. And we went to, uh, yeah, exactly. Went to the Mondrian Hotel and we ordered mojitos. And they literally brought the mojitos oh, out. Cliche. Fantastic. In, in jars. In jars. Oh. Yeah. So I'm telling you that this is going to be the new, you're going to see it. People are going to have their own. I'm uh, putting it in the red book. Please do. And I wish we knew who was going to do this because this would be great to invest our $5 in. Uh, moonshine, moonshine, next big thing. Next big thing. Now you watch, you watch, and it'll be supplied with a rubber hose. Oh, that would be now. That would be funny. <laughs> here's your jar and your hose. Mm. Okay, so here's what we, let's go back to some uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. By the way, the, 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 have you seen these riots that are going on in oh, Greece? Man, Greece I, up with the Spanish ones. Yeah, Holy the, crap! And they're and they're shooting the slaves with rubber bullets and beating them and beating yeah, them, and, and beating them. They're beating the crap out of them. So here's a play, now here's a little piece of tidbit I picked up off of Democracy Now that I didn't know about, and I can see why people are rioting. Play the banks in Spain a clip. Okay, okay. Uh, Maria Carion, you've spoken uh, also about some of the effects uh, on people already with the austerity measures in place, quite apart from what might happen tomorrow. Can you talk in particular about uh, housing and food? 
housing, housing is a big issue because a lot of Spaniards ended up buying houses um, or homes uh, back during the um, the main housing boom. Um, and um, what has happened since then is that first of all they they bought these houses at very inflated prices, as happened in many other places. Um, but here we have over twenty five percent of unemployment. So as people began to lose their jobs and uh, as um, as uh, the, uh, housing payments went up, the mortgages went up, more and more people um, uh, lost their homes. There was a, there's been a repossession of many, many, many homes. And in Spain, there's something very unique to our system, which is that even once you're re- you're, the bank repossesses your home, and even when you're evicted from your home and you lose your home, you still are liable for the entire debt, which means that not, a, not only peop, are people on the streets or having to, you know, find alternative housing and pay for it, but they also owe hundreds of thousands to the banks. This is aggravated also by the fact that most of these banks are being bailed out right now to the tune of 100 million euros, which is about 130 million, I'm sorry, 130 billion euros, which is 130 billion dollars um, because of their irresponsible uh, lending practices. So on the one Okay, John? Actually, by the way, $130 billion is is a more like 160, uh, I mean, euros is more like 160 billion dollars. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to you today. Clip of the day. It wasn't hilariously funny, but it was, yeah. that was extremely informative. I didn't know that either. That that, that apparently this like it's like you go to the Ford company and they sell you a um, a car, a small car, Focus. Yes, and now you owe a battery car, yeah, fifteen thousand dollars on the car, and then they say, "Ah, we're taking it back. You owe us fifteen thousand dollars." What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? You take the house back? That's the collateral <laughs> that you took the loan out for. And and it's not like now you still owe the money. No, no, no. Wow. But, then why be I'd be in the streets too throwing stuff. And they shoot at you. Yeah, and they're shooting at you. And meanwhile, the bank's <laughs> got a huge bailout. Yeah. And then and the and of course the banks actually control everything. And they're like, hey, banker A says to banker B, go out and shoot some rubber bullets at those dumb slaves. Wow. This is awesome. Well, I have a I have a little related clip which explains um well, listen to this from the BBC. I thought this was pretty good. Michelle, who are these people? Oh, this is not the BBC. I'm sorry. It's a uh, Cudlow, and he asks, "Who are these people that are getting shot at?" People in the streets. Are they government union people? Who are these protesters? That's a very good question. Mo- not really. Most uh, protests that you see in Europe are often, uh, most of the time, orchestrated by the unions. This was far more about younger people uh, being out. There, so this was not organized by the unions, even though the unions have been extremely active with protests in Madrid as well. But remember, they've got youth unemployment there. That is right. So I like this because um, we know that a lot of the unions, particularly, um, uh, you know, we have the the big supermarket protests and people are raiding supermarkets, and uh, those are all organized by unions. But this is real. This is real, as you pointed out, real anger, real frustration, and that is really dangerous when this happens. You and when you see the the actual footage, oh my which they don't show oh on God. any of these no. shows. No, because of course not. I mean, that would give us an idea. Yeah. So the so we the mainstream media in the United States will not show these riots. I mean, you get it on democracy, but when you see these good footage, you see it's a huge range of people from students to old men 
and people, you know, everything short of people being in wheelchairs. I mean, it is everybody, and yeah. they are irked. And in, in Greece, it's gotten to the point now where there's just fire bombs everywhere. They're throwing yeah. Molotov cocktails at the police. It's really like, completely crazy. And this is, this is, I don't know. And they, must I don't have been- know how long they can suppress this. Eventually, they're going <laughs> to have to come up and say, "Hey, this is not a." You know, orchestrated by the unions. This is not. This is a spontaneous craziness. Spontaneous combustion. But maybe, maybe combustion. But, but, but maybe they'll just say, "No, it's all because of Project X." This is what's. Uh, you know, it's because of that bad video that's on DVD. We can blame anything now on on uh, on a video. Yeah, I like the idea. Yeah, um, I got a little compilation here of uh, Susan Rice. I just want to remind everybody that now that the uh, uh, the the president and uh, and the secretary of state and the entire administration has effectively admitted that the uh, attack and uh, killing of uh, Senator uh, Senator uh, Ambassador Stevens was a planned terrorist attack. I would just like to remind you of what Susan Rice, our ambassador and uh, henchwoman of uh, Lucifer Clippity-Clop Clinton, was doing last Sunday on every single news show in these United States of Gitmo. This is a response uh, to a hateful and offensive video that was uh, widely disseminated uh, throughout the Arab and Muslim world. We do not have information at present that leads us to conclude that this was premeditated or preplanned. We don't see at this point signs that this was a coordinated, planned, premeditated attack. In fact, what this began as was a spontaneous, not a premeditated uh, response to what had transpired in Cairo. So um, when does someone... Someone um, uh, who lies like this, don't they have to resign at a certain point if uh, if you're just caught lying? Don't you have to go she, away? Does she get a promotion? Is that what really happened? <laughs> She's pr- she'll probably be the next Secretary of State. I mean, this is unbelievable. And where is the outrage over these lies? And all of these douchebags, every single one, it was, you know, Stephanopoulos. Um, she was on Candy Crowley uh, at CNN. She was on... Um, uh, the Fox thing with whatever, you know, Mike Wallace. No one is saying, hey, you're a lying scumbag, Susan Rice. No one is doing this. No one said it to her face. There's no outrage, no articles, no nothing. Of course, she's not out there partying down. We're not seeing much of her. But it really, really annoys me that this yeah, is... Yeah, I can tell. This is just... And then here's another thing. It was obviously staged from the get-go. We, of course, yeah. uh, well, we called it. We called Duh. it early, yeah. like right away, yeah. same day almost. Yeah. And it was obviously an attempt to grab those weapons, and they had to go back with a phony baloney protest, supposedly, yeah. of protesting the poor guy's death. He, and he, and uh, here's, here's the weapon another, re, re was, uh, I guess, grabbed. Here's, a, here's another um, meme that she's propagating. By the, that, by the way, I should mention that Glenn Beck, on his show... Uh, deconstructed it pretty much much later than we did but he did pretty much the same thing oh really but and he had a whole bunch of uh, like he showed like the the car he says this is not the car you drive he admitted that beck admitted that he drives a bulletproof car oh i did see this yeah that he has a, a, a security detail who goes out and is there ahead of him yeah and he has an armored car obviously and he says the guys were seals which are not and by the way the the, the seals and I we mentioned this back in the Bin Laden uh, time frame during that uh, uh, era of the show, which is I guess two years ago. Uh, the seals are mostly for they they extract this particular group of seals are extraction experts. 
and which was oh really huh. the, well yeah this is one that was sent to Ben Laden's place too which is what was fishy about it mm-hmm. and so these distract I mean they, they had to get these guns and I guess there were some right. shoulder fired you know missiles or whatever I don't who knows we don't know but we had to get the extractive stuff. So there's a, there's another little uh, meme that Susan Rice was propagating, and I picked this one up on the... Uh, and it's been used over and over again, and I'd just like to talk about it for a second. She uses this on the Candy Crowley show. Condemn the violent response uh, to, uh, to this video. And frankly, we've seen these sorts of incidents in the past. We've seen violent responses to satanic verses. We've seen violent responses to the cartoons d- depicting the Prophet Muhammad in an evil way. Okay, so there's two things she says here. She says, depicting the Prophet Muhammad in an evil way. Um, this is very loaded to me. So let's start with the evil way. What does that mean, evil way? So he was, de- thank you, darling. He was depicted in a way that was evil or in a, in a, the, the, the depictions were evil? Oh, that's a good question, yeah. So I think it's I think what she question. no it's not a great question but I think what she means is that the depictions were evil and uh, and I find that disturbing because she's editorializing and making a government decision on what is evil or not and evil is a strong word just ask the Google guys um, but when do we have to always call this guy the Prophet Muhammad? Isn't it just Muhammad? Does does Jesus have a title, or God, or is he the only, the only uh, religious uh, uh, icon that gets like this I kind know, of moniker? You have to look at the NBC pronunciation gazetteer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the what? You know the networks. I think it's NBC that has the best one. I may have a copy somewhere. It's uh, used in broadcasting and network broadcasting as the final arbiter of how you say things. Ah. You don't have a, you've never seen the pronunciation well, as a tear or whatever well, it is? Well, I'll tell you no, but I did have this. We had once, we had an issue on MTV. Um, and this was, God, this must have been, uh, hmm, I'm not sure which album it was, but he was going to be on the Video Music Awards and they had made a deal that we would do a whole Michael Jackson weekend. And the way we did it is we taped these, uh, the weekends we would tape on Thursday, and that would be for Saturday and Sunday, because nothing was really live on MTV. And so, you know, we do what was called a 48, and so throughout the whole Thursday, we're taping everything, all the VJs, all the news segments, everything is for the weekend, so we didn't have to actually work on the weekend. And then um, we got this frantic call Thursday night. Everybody has to come back. We're doing three days. We're not, we're not only just doing Monday on Friday, but we're doing the weekend all over again, all the news reports, everything, because as a part of the deal, and I, don't, and I don't know if it was Michael or if it was the record company, but the record company had a written agreement with MTV that every single time we said Michael Jackson, we had to, uh, to suffix that with the king of pop. So we literally had to go back and retape 48 hours of programming oh God. to say Michael Jackson, comma, the, the king of pop. And I think that this is what, you know, somewhere there's some kind of deal with the prophet Muhammad. <laughs> the prophet. The, 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 the king, king of, of pop. pop. The king of pop. Why don't you just leave the stuff and then go, <laughs> and Michael Jackson, the king of pop. 
<laughs> we'll be out double. here in a few minutes, and we're gonna. Do you, do you talk to Michael Jackson, the King of Pop? <laughs> it was, believe me, it was cheaper just to bring all stupid yeah, uh, air talent back. Are, paying, <laughs> it was paid. a lot cheaper, trust me, than uh, doing all that post production. But I think there's some kind of deal. It's like somehow there's some deal where you have to say the Prophet Muhammad. Does everyone? Does everyone? Do the uh, do the do Muslims do they just say Muhammad, or do they always say the Prophet Muhammad? I'm I'm curious. Because for Susan Rice to say this, huh? the Prophet Muhammad in front of with Muslims generally speaking, do we say like, Jesus the Savior all the time? No, no, no. no they, God, he's got a better PR agency working for him. All right, all right. Well, just these, these are just things I wonder about. Probably the you know care or one of those operations. Oh, oh in the chat room, it's, you have to say Prophet because. There are so many Muslims named Muhammad. There might be confusion. That's true. It's like every other Muslim. That's a named good Muhammad. point. <laughs> Muhammad and the twenty guys go. What? No oh, man. No, I meant the prophet. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. So you know, I got a. Uh, I'm going to get little... killed now for making fun of this. I'm sure. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm. I'm depicting the prophet. You're not making fun of it. You're, you're discussing it. Yeah. Okay, so thanks. let's go with. Uh, did you? You know. Did, Remember the clip last show where we, the guy the guy in Pakistan says we want the maker of that film and we're going to uh, kill him extradited yeah. to yeah. Pakistan so right. we can deal with him because the United States keeps pulling this they always say somebody commits a crime against the United States or not citizen we're talking about Julian Assange of course yes uh, he's not a citizen he doesn't come here he's not uh, subject to the laws of the United States because he's not in the United States and he's an Australian and he's actually in England but yet you know we're going to arrest him so uh, as a as as though he was an american well here's a little piece of of news that slipped by the uh this is played during the bbc rundown of 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 stories this little uh about the queen yeah BBC has apologised to Queen Elizabeth for revealing that she'd once raised concerns with the government about the radical Muslim cleric Abu Hamza. After losing his final appeal, Abu Hamza is due to be extradited to the US on terrorism charges. Huh. So, so, okay, so we have two things in this one story. One is the Queen apparently was, was outed by the BBC for, for raising concerns about this creep. Who is a cleric in, I think, in part one, that part of London is all Pakistanis. And he's the one who says, well, all the planes from the sky should be brought down. We should do this and that. He's, a, you know, he's a, advocating a lot of violence, but which wasn't apparently against the law in England, but it's against our law in some way. So we're having the guy extradited and tried here for terrorism. He's not an American. Yeah. How does that work? Right. We have to do that. I, I think it's, you know, the guy's a douchebag and there's no problem, you know, with somebody <laughs> well, dealing with you, him. But. You're misunderstanding, John. The, 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 there's an international law that is run by elites and bankers that we are, have nothing to do with. It's, it's their law. They do whatever they want. And we as stupid media enslaved idiots go, oh, okay. So meanwhile, the queen, apparently, because this has got to be controversial, just grabbing somebody, some British UK citizen and dragging them to the United States and trying them for terrorism when they've never even set foot in this country. uh, And they're not subject to American laws that I know of. The fact that the queen apparently had brought this to the attention of the government and makes it look like she was complicit in getting this guy the heave hole out of her country, which is just why well, you know, this is again, we don't need these guys in our country to begin with. But anyway, OK, he's going to come over here. Uh, so I guess the BBC busted her on this and they had to apologize to her 
for bringing this up because the queen, you can't just, the queen's business is the queen's business. It's not the business of the BBC to be discussing anything the queen does. Yeah, of course not. I so mean, anyway, the, this is a very funny, interesting story. Again, I didn't hear this anyplace else. No, no, no. Well, I mean, you, you can say that all the time about every single story we talk about if you I want. I know, that's what I like yeah, doing. No, though. I know. Have so, you noticed that I like doing that? So you are a big fan of the David Letterman show. I know that uh, that you watch it, I, but I have a feeling you didn't catch it last night. Not not that I did. Of I have it. I put it on the DVR. I haven't watched it yet because no. I knew I, I had enough clips. Right. I didn't want to deconstruct David Cameron. Uh, For God's sake, what's he doing on the show? Well, I do have to deconstruct him. I so I did not see it, of course, but I did catch a report on the BBC. And I found this to be very interesting. New York last night, he found himself being closely interrogated about British history and culture. And he revealed one or two gaps in his general knowledge. Now, one or two gaps in his general knowledge. What do you think would be uh, considered a, a gap? Just, you know, if, if, you, if you're the prime minister of... Uh, of England. knowing that Scotland's going to s- split off, I think that would be a gap. Okay, uh, yeah. knowing that there were you know what parties are knowing the Queen's name, I don't know. <laughs> no, it wasn't it? Was I think it was about as bad as as not knowing the Queen's name. Here it is. Do, do you mind if I ask you a lot of uh, dumb American questions? Far away. <laughs> The Prime Minister was able to explain the differences between the nations of the UK, the size of the population, the extent of the British Empire, and the date and place where Magna Carta was signed. But much to his embarrassment, Mr Cameron was unable to say what Magna Carta meant in English. And, and the literal translation is, was what? You have Magna... I, I, again, you're testing me. Um, <laughs> boy, it'd be good if you knew this. Yeah, well, it would... How... That, to me, it's like... He doesn't know what the Magna Carta, Carta means? I mean, that's like, I don't know what the Constitution means. No, he meant, I think he meant direct translation. Well, yeah, but it's, 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 the, mag, it's the Carta, it's the Charter, it's the big Charter. If you know, yes, what's, the, if you know what the Mag... Magna is big, big, big. Yeah, but, I yeah. mean, it doesn't, I mean, am I just nuts? That, this, that the Prime Minister doesn't know that Carta stands for Charter and what this is about. This was The Magna Carta is one of the first documents where um, the people, well, not really the people, kind of the elites, but a lower level than the, uh, a level lower than the Queen said, hey, you know, or the King, you can't just be like chopping our heads off. We got to have some agreements here. It's like kind of the, one of the founding documents. This guy doesn't know that? It's a great charter. So it's... Um it, what's interesting about that? Yeah, no, I guess not. That's, I don't know that's, why. That's ludicrous to me. Ludicrous. No, no, well, no, no. I'm sorry. The reaction from the David Letterman fans in the audience is ludicrous. I think it's really good for the American public to be able to see him. I don't think they know that much about him. And he- I didn't really have, uh, you know, a view of him before this, but I sort of liked him. I thought he was a good guy. And- yeah, he was a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> These people should be killed. Just, just taser this guy. Not not here's, Cameron. Here's here's, here's David Cameron. Of course, the reason he was on Letterman because he was at the at the uh, uh, UN with all yes. the world yeah. leaders. Yeah. Were all the in elites. New York. Yes. This, this, and they, of course, Obama didn't meet with any of them. He went. To, he had more important things to do. And I have a clip of that. But here's Cameron uh, talking at the UN, and I'm listening. It's a jaw dropper because it makes no sense what he's saying. But if anyone was in any doubt about the horrors that Assad has afflicted on his people. Just look at the evidence published this week by Save the Children. Schools 
used as torture centers, children used for target practice. A 16-year-old Syrian called Wael, who was detained in a police station in Dera, said this, I have seen children slaughtered. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because I went looking for the report. And uh, there is no actual report, as you'd be surprised to find out, John. Shocked. Shocking. I know, it's shocking. So, uh, nothing better than a meme. You know, of course, the meme is Save the Children. Everyone always wants to save the children. So, there's an actual organization known as Save the Children. SaveTheChildren.org. And uh, if you go to their website, look at their press releases, there is no report available. They have a press release which says, Save the Children calls for more protection for Syrian children, but I have not been able to, and a Donate Now button, of course, I have not been able to find the actual report of the 18 children they interviewed. 18, mind you. 18. However, the BBC did a very good job of unveiling the truth about this report, which apparently they do have a copy of. More now on these stories that are emerging from Syria and uh, this new Save the Children report. Uh, Again, not available. If you find it, please send it to me. Mike Wardridge is our World Affairs correspondent and he's been through the report. He joins us now. Uh, uh, Mike, what else else stands out among these harrowing descriptions of uh, what children have gone through in Syria? What Save the Children have come up with here is uh, 18 uh, first-hand accounts from refugee children that they have spoken to, that that their workers have spoken to. Um, The accounts, uh, in their view, uh, amount to uh, shocking testimony, as they put it, and collectively suggest to them that children have been the targets themselves. Now, listen, listen very closely what he's saying. He's already hemming and hawing now. Collectively, okay. Brutal attacks that they've seen in a good number of cases, the deaths of parents and siblings of other children and have witnessed, and in some cases they say experienced torture. Um, They don't necessarily suggest who is responsible. Uh, Aha, very important. They don't say that it was Assad who was trying to cut their arms off. Uh, For these alleged atrocities. uh, Alleged atrocities. In the accounts that they have given, nor indeed in many cases is there any time or place to, to make it clear exactly uh, what happened. So they don't actually know where it happened or what time it happened or if it even happened at all. Uh, but they certainly believe that this, in in their view, corroborates the sort of thing that we've heard before Ugh. from the uh, yeah, UN. Uh, what? Well, anyway, is there more to that clip? Yeah, the, a couple more seconds. It's good because he is actually saying this is just bullcrap. And, uh, and other and human rights groups as well. And so in their view, this now even more uh, justifies the UN taking more uh, the tougher action on Syria, and indeed that there should be a process now of greater documentation of the kind that they believe that they are contributing to. Well, it's very- okay, so, yeah. Here's here's my look at this thing. First of all, the, the, the assertions by Cameron were that schools were being used as torture centers. Yeah, which is not a, and they were using not being kids said. as target practice. Yeah. And of course, these other kids somehow got out alive, so that doesn't make any sense. But let's, let's assume that it, this was possible. This is not an indictment. Let's just say this is all true, which I don't believe a word of it, by the way. No. But let's believe, because it's too it's too ludicrous. But let's believe it's all true. This is not an indictment of the Assad regime, if, if this is true. This is an indictment of the Syrian civilization, the people themselves. Because you can't do these things in a vacuum. If you're taking all the kids 
you know, who have obviously parents on the old, you probably shot them. And then you take the kids, you torture them and then make them run in the field while you take pot shots <laughs> hey, at them, yeah. shoot at them like crazy. <laughs> this is not a, a country that's civilized. And so, it was begs the question. This is so bogus. It's ludicrous. And the, the fact people lap this up as though it's possible reminds me of the crazy propaganda just before World War One that was unleashed on the American public, which, by the way, resulted in people like Goebbels and others developing propagandistic styles similar to ours. But ours was showing guerrillas coming over from Germany carrying women because all these all the Germans were great apes that were just rapists. I mean, come on, this is not, this, this is terrible reporting that this would be on and Cameron should be ashamed of himself. That was probably the most beautiful speech I've heard you give in a long time. No, uh, please, please help us remember, for those of us who were not alive, again, how the Germans were depicted before World War One, and what, and I, I presume this really started a lot of, uh, of the war. I mean, this is, is this a prelude when this happens? When, when this type of reporting? And again, people are uh, the chat room is now desperately trying to find this report. There is no report. You're sending me the same web page which says pre- uh, recent press releases and statements save the children calls for more protection for Syrian children. There is nothing in here about children being used for target practice. Uh, although I do like, I do like the image. I think that's a pretty funny image that Cameron brought up for us. And that you know, thank you very much. Um, but this this must be then a prelude uh, to a world war. Well, it's a prelude to something. But this goes on constantly. This this just malarkey that they feed the public and people just lap it up. It's really disgusting. This is at the General Assembly of the United Nations, John. Yeah, it was at the General Assembly. This is this is not just these guys are. Yeah, it wasn't something he said on the corner. No, not or not just like you know. I just kind of oops, slipped that one out. No, he was using short clip. Play it's a short clip. Play it again. I, I think that's a great idea. Hold on a second. But if anyone was in any doubt about the horrors that Assad has afflicted on his people, just look at the evidence published this week by Save the Children. And and please, please, I'm calling all producers, find evidence, okay, find the report for me. I just want the report. Why isn't it on their website? Schools used as torture centers. Children used for target practice. A 16-year-old Syrian called Wael, who was detained in a police station in Dera, said this, I have seen children slaughtered. There must have been more to that. You, I, th- I think you sold us short. I think there's more to that clip. This also uh, reminds this, that me... Was the co- that was the core of the clip. But this also reminds me of um, Iraqi National Guard throwing babies out of incubators. Right, and then taking a lot of VA, uh, Viagra, Viagra, and, so and, they can, so they could rape more raping. Yeah, I, I gotta rape. Hey, hey, what you doing, Abdul? I gotta go rape a bit. Give me some of that Viagra. This is what we do. Yeah, no, this is. Uh, but I'm, I'm disturbed by what you just said. Uh, but this is what didn't we have this? What did we have for the Second World War? Uh, what were the images that were, uh, why, how did we, well, that was, of course, we had uh, Pearl Harbor. That's how we got involved there, right? Well, Pearl Harbor definitely showing yeah. just a bunch of, well, when they depicted, the Japanese were actually depicted in a very negative way. 
yeah. uh, to, to de- uh, de- uh, demonize them. The Germans, they went a little bit back to the World War One thing, but not quite to that extent because it was actually our real concern. A lot of, I think our, I don't think it took much for us to get into the, I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> how we, they, we did a lot of movies. It was, I think it was a lot more subtle. We had moved up the food chain in so far as propaganda is concerned, except for the Japanese thing, which was pretty ridiculous. But generally speaking, we had gone to a more subtle form of propaganda, which has evolved even further to what we have today with the, with the news media, because it's actually moved into the whole mainstream media, yeah. the, 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 the manipulation of the public. Uh, it was done by Hollywood mostly in World War II. They made these these movies that uh, catered to you know. It was usually unfair. The Germans were torturers, and they so so nothing has changed. Nothing nothing has changed. Uh, look at it's just, improved. It's improved. Well, it's no, gotten it's better. A lot. It's gotten really good. Yeah, I mean, it, now it's still for our no, show. It's I mean, everybody's <laughs> all in. It's still the same the same idea though. You make movies. Uh, you make TV shows. And have you been watching the new show we got? Have you seen this the show? You got Revolution, and it's all bad acting, by the way. Revolution is terrible. And by oh. the way, it's stolen from another story. It's going to be a scandal. It's what? Isn't it? Isn't it just Hunger Games? Isn't it just Hunger Games? No, no. All there over was again? an actual story that was, was produced about a year earlier that was submitted to some Hollywood producers. That was the exact same story. The power goes out, and and these guys are floating around, and there's a bunch of evil guys, you know, stabbing people. The, 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 the <laughs> physics of Revolution is so stupid. I don't. I can't even get through a whole episode. I tried watching the first. First, somebody's wrote in giving us a. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. couldn't. I'm sitting there gritting my teeth for like a half an hour. And then about the, just shortly after the half hour mark, I said, I can't take this. This is off. It's off the DVR. I'm not going to watch it. It is one of the worst shows ever on television. I can't believe. And the ratings, by the way, even though they got decent ratings, they, they, they ratcheted. It was like the first 15 minutes. It had a big group. Then it dropped off. You know, this show is not, is got no legs. It's horrible (sighs) and dumb. Wow. <sighs> anyway, so uh, this whole uh, uh, elitist thing, the the UN General Assembly, uh, of course, uh, the, 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 the only thing uh, the, uh, the American news media seem to be able to talk about, but also I think uh, in around the world in general, is that uh, President Obama did not meet with any world leaders. He didn't meet with uh, Bibi Netanyahu. Yeah, I think he stopped off and had a quick chat with the guy from Yemen. Uh, but he yeah, really, I think they're. Yeah, I think they got this. Mis- I think the interpretation of this is completely wrong. In fact, they had on Letterman, or no, John Stewart had uh, the King of uh, Jordan on his show. Oh, and they, and he brought it up. He says, "Hey, what's the deal with Obama not meeting anybody?" Because it's not a big deal. He says it's over. He says it's overblown. Nobody gives a crap. And the and I think Obama much rather like to jump in his seven forty seven and fly to places. Well, he he went on the View. He he hung out with uh, with yeah, Whoopi and then he went and on the, the View. And yeah. by the way, I have a clip. Yeah, he goes on the View, which is <laughs> yeah, ludicrous. But wait, he, wait, 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 wait! Before you do that, Bunky Moon was doing some stand up. Did you see Bunky Moon stand up? Bunky oh, Moon yeah, is yeah, play it. The Secretary General of the because uh, after. The General Assembly. Uh, they have a cocktail party after the General Assembly. Was he at Yuck Yucks or was he at one of the uh, one of the great comedy clubs? <laughs> he was at no. He was at the cocktail party for the General Assembly, and uh, he was talking about the president not being there. I think he must be busy with something at this moment, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. perhaps yeah, he, he must be stuck somewhere at the traffic. 
<laughs> I'll be here all week. My name's Ban Ki Moon, everybody. Thanks for coming. Can you so, believe that, uh, and that those people were laughing? Tip your waitresses. Yeah. So anyway, so I w- w- or you have a clip from the part of that View show, and it, it's it's like, why don't they just? This is ABC. It was a View on what network? Anyway, Barbara ABC. Walters is an old ABC, ABC. hack. ABC. And sh- and so she's going to, you know, they're big promoters. ABC in general is promoters of the Obama administration. Yeah. So they, she asked this loaded question that was just an obvious softball for him to tee up and slam to get a round of applause by. And I just thought the question was unfair and, and ridiculous. Obama on The View, questioned on the couch by Barbara Walters. Would it be disastrous for the country if Mitt Romney? Well, you know, uh, I, I think America is so strong and, and we've got so much going for us that, uh, you know, we can survive a lot. And, but the American people don't want to just survive. We want everybody to thrive. We want folks to have a job and success. And yeah, we don't want to survive. We want to get by. There's a big difference you think there. The country could, you, the, it was unbelievable to me that they would do that. And then he's just, yeah, well, you know, I think we could, yeah, we could probably survive if he's elected. You know, we're, we're resilient people. <laughs> and if this douchebag wins, we can probably get through it. I'm not sure. Uh, did you hear um, Madonna shilling for President Obama? Oh, She said something really interesting. I have the clip here, uh, not safe for work. Let me put it right right up front to you. She's saying all kinds of dirty words, nothing you haven't heard before. But listen carefully to what she says about the president in this clip. I want to believe in what they want. Am I with you? And are you with me? That would be a fuck yeah. So, y'all better vote for fucking Obama, okay? She says, we have a black Muslim in the White House. Is that what, I couldn't understand what she said. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah? Like, yeah, she says, we have a black Muslim in the White House. I'm like, she's a little confused. Listen again. All right. We have a black Muslim in the White House. <laughs> and everyone cheers. This will make the, the clip of the, the, the end of show clip even more poignant when you hear it. Because it's like, what? Okay. And, and people just like, yeah, baby. Oh my God! We were doomed. <laughs> but how does she come up with that? She's an idiot. Well, maybe she. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. in the White House. Actually, I actually have a clip I want to play before we start oh. thanking our people. We do have a lot of people who came in with uh, some very unique donations, including, I think, the record for sixty nine sixty nine. But I want to play, you know, Glenn Beck is back on the air and uh, on his own network mm-hmm. that he bought and paid for. And, and this is the, you know, he'll get into something interesting. And this is the difference between what he does in general and what we do. And that's why we have this donation segment. We can play this clip and you'll see what I'm talking about. This is extraordinarily dangerous for your sons and for your daughters and for the future of our country. Don't downplay the important mission in Burundi. Oh, yeah. No, I, right of now. course not. I mm-hmm. mean, everybody knows that one. Mm-hmm. Sponsor this half hour is Goldline, the company that I would personally recommend that you would go and look at gold or silver. Now, <laughs> now, 
of course, I have recommended you buy gold yes, for but years. you're not doing it as a shill for some company. No. I mean, it's like you can't be objective if you are constantly having to cater to your sponsors. And he's got some pretty crappy sponsors. And, and, and so, and so, and so here's how it would have gone. Because um, throughout, for those of you who have not been listening for the almost five years we've been uh, doing this show, uh, I, if, when gold was at $850... I was saying, you got to buy gold, you got to buy gold, you got to buy gold. And John has pretty much consistently been saying, time to sell, get out of it. Had we had this Glenn Beck sponsor, that conversation would not have happened that way. And it's what, John, you honestly have, you know, your opinion is your opinion, my opinion is my opinion. We would not have been able to have that conversation. Here's how it would go. At all. Here's how it would go. Hey, I think it's time to buy gold. What do you think, John? I think you should go right now to the website, www.buygoldnow.com. One of our great sponsors, and man, are they good. <laughs> They'll give you a great deal. Just mention our code, No our Agenda. Code, our no code. Agenda Show. <laughs> no Agenda for Show. an extra 1% off. <laughs> You'll get 1% below spot. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah if that's exactly. what you want, you know, yeah. find a different yeah. show because we don't exactly. do it that way. We have to exactly. thank our people, though, for the. the listeners and producers who uh, help us produce the show and they are the producers now, we're they, also they, they we're also we're also Andrew not dry- Holcomb in Ann Arbor Michigan I don't have a note from him so he's uh, oh hold on a second I think you I'm have right. a note from Andrew uh, no I don't came in with $175 okay. John Senor and Coquitlam I know how to pronounce this isn't it Coquitlam something like that he's in British he's in BC somewhere near Spuzzum one thirty nine thirty eight. Uh, this is a fine number. John happens to be a single sixty nine sixty nine donation for today, which and one to be held in emergency reserve for the day. Nobody donates sixty nine sixty nine. Uh, no, 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 no. That no, you, that's not fair. You can't do that. You can't be no, stacking to, stuff up. It has to be on the day. Can't put a one. You can't do that. Uh, the run must never end. I I don't know why it's even continuing, but it's amazing. It's almost. I think it's been a year. If Adam, and we don't even put it on the donation page. No, and if, but we do have swazzlenuff.com, interestingly yeah, enough. So. Swazzlenuff. If Adam <laughs> is now whining about my scheme, which he just did. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ask him to douchebag himself from me. Douchebag. I'll take that. Honestly, thanks, guys, for opening my eyes and ears and keeping them open on an ongoing basis. It's like going to the dentist. Painful but necessary. Truly, geez, that's a terrible description. We're never going to get any listeners that way. It's the best podcast in the universe. I'd like a two-to-the-head de-douching and anything with a Canadian spin if you have anything at all. <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> Does he want karma as well? Just a two-to-the-head de-douching. Okay. I'll, give him a, I'll give him a karma. Why not? Yeah. Hey. Uh. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. You know, remember, we are on the uh, the mobile rig here, so sometimes things go wrong. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Coquitlam. When they were John Cianor. All right. Um, Rebecca Martin, Vancouver, BC. Another Vancouver, another BCite. All right. Uh, 13333, belated birthday contribution from my husband, John, who has listened to every episode of the podcast. Also, the seventh anniversary of when Aww. he moved from the States to be with me in Vancouver. Oh, beautiful place, I might add. He yes. should, could use some karma and a de-douche, and we both love some karma. Oh, absolutely. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. And I'd like to take a minute here, John, uh, to mention, uh, you know, you just might want to get a full acre crisis garden, so you really need to get some heirloom seeds. 
<laughs> Do you, John, have you planted your heirloom seeds yet? No. <laughs> They're in the freezer. Just go to heirloomseeds.com and mention our code, which is in so, the freezer. In the freezer, yes. The code is in the freezer. Sir Jason, by the way, that's what we'd be doing all the time if it wasn't for the... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, producer. John. I, I couldn't hear you. I was having some of my Berkey water filter water. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Jason, St- mm. Sir Jason Stevens, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, 11111. Kerry Washimoto in Toronto, Ontario, $100. He needs a niner, niner, niner from you. Niner, 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 niner. Because <clears throat> it should have been a niner, niner, niner donation. Yeah. Chris, Chris Whitten in Huntersville, North Carolina. He needs some too delicious karma if you still have the too delicious thing. It's almost thing. too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. <laughs> hey, am I, am I good or what? <laughs> You're right there. <laughs> Patrick McKenna in Carnation, Washington, $100. I'm fast forwarding through last week's lengthy, lengthy solicitation. I'm sorry, solicitation segment when I heard Adam claim he was going to buy a Volt. <laughs> Here's a hundred con- intervention bucks. Come on, baby, pony up. Adam can't fit in a vault, and he wants Carmen one and a half milf babies for I, his I gotta bride. Tell you, Shelley. I, I have gotten so many responses. People are like, they literally want to come to Texas to tie me down so I will not go out and buy a vault. They're like, dude, you have no idea. I had about a half dozen notes from people saying the same thing than telling me to tell you not to buy a book. Yeah, it's like there'll be no replacement parts and, you know, it's a bad idea. And, and you know, and they, you know, get a Volkswagen TDI and run it on on vegetable oil, which I am a big believer in. And I have to say, I'm I, I think I'm, I'm persuaded. I mean, what was I thinking? This is this is crazy. I got to find myself a diesel. And uh, and some lie, so I can. Uh, I got to go back to the biodiesel. I, I think people are right. So this intervention biodiesel, has worked. Jeez, yeah. biodiesel is great, man. You can. Oh, it stinks up the neighborhood. Yeah, but at least I'll Guy be goes able to. By and you go, what French fries? Yeah, but at least I'll be able to drive when the Armageddon hits. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me. He wanted a uh, Karma One Hot Milf baby. Oh. One hot. I said one half. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can give you one half uh, if you want. That's one hot milk, baby. There you go. All right. You've got karma. For his bride, Shelly. Good old Dave in Sunderland, Massachusetts. Nuts. <clears throat> 6970. No, not good. Nope. That's not I how it works. I want to be read first with the 69 donation. <laughs> so here's the 6970. That's kind of chicken. Yeah, that is. That's not I really Because I wouldn't cool. want to be the streak to end. Well, it do- doesn't continue with 6970. I've been a long time. $5 subscriber will continue to be. I've got a job in the United Arab Emirates and will be moving there soon. This will be good. I hope <laughs> they don't censor you guys there because you can always download it and play. Uh, and I love the <laughs> podcast and the universe, best podcast. In the universe, special note for Adam. I kid you not, during my site visit at the UAA as we walked by a medical clinic they said the only shots we give there are Gardasil vaccinations <laughs> wow wow oh I'm yeah I was walking behind everyone so they couldn't see my face oh my goodness he wants a shot at him you've got karma and John just let me mention something if I got the Chevy Volt you know what's really great is you can always sell that on gazelle.com because you know <laughs> they will send you the box you can box it right up and right, ship right, it out we get the idea come on that's cool man 69 69 dude
Karsten Schwartz Nielsen in, uh, I guess, I don't know where this is. At 6969, I'm still enjoying my right to be a dirty old man. It pains me to see that this Swazelnuff contribution might be failing. Joey, last week, last show, I had one. We had one. Yeah, we got close, right? And just to put it straight, I, I let list, I listen to all the episodes and I'm not behind. Uh, please give my me some job motivation, Karma. Yeah, I'd love to. You've got Karma. Kyle Hankst in uh, New South Wales, 6969. Keep up the good work, guys. Carrie, Sir Carrie Chim in uh, Hamilton, uh, Ohio, 6969. Got my knighthood last week. And yes, John C. DeVark is right. I am a guy. Last name is pronounced how it is spelled. Just subtract an H. Keep up the podcast. And I don't know how I would deal with work if you guys ended it. Jason Stevens, sir. Jason Stevens in Las Vegas, Las Wages, Nevada, 6969. Can't let this podcast slip away in the dark. You guys rock. De- David Galloway in Flower Mountain, Texas, 6969. Keep up the great work and hook me up with some Huntsman karma. Hey, 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 I got that for you today. Hey, you've got. It's not karma. like I'm not working here. Sean McDonough in uh, Highland Lake, New Jersey, 6969. Please add this to Sir Yaz's total. You can do the bookkeeping for us. Akim Barchok, I'm guessing. In Hanover, uh, Deutschland. Akim. Akim Barzok. That's what I'm guessing. 6969. Good morning to you. Since most of my tax money is bailing out the banks in the European PIGS right now, I thought it was time to take the matter into my own hands and bail out the ones who who really need it, the makers of the best podcast in the universe. I demand from all the German listeners who follow my example and cash in the value-for-value model. And what about the French? They listen to the show, no, I'm sure. No, but no, I, they don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't listen. We, we, I, we, we've concluded that they don't. But I never hear from them because they don't listen. I, but he calls out the French as douchebags. Douchebag. My brother just finished the uh, Appalachian Trail. Appalachian and be back Trail. In Germany. Appalachian Trail, isn't it? You say well, Appalachian? It, well, in... It, 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 I used to be a, I still am a fan of uh, Appalachian State. And then I, I said Appalachian a number of times, and the guy says, Latch, 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 Latch. It's not which, Appalachian. Which guy? The king Appalachian. Of, which guy? The king of Appalachia? No, the people from the school. Oh, okay. All right. Appalach. So well, I said Appalachian. Appalachian. All right. And we'll be back in Germany soon to look for some work. I want to ask for some job karma for oh. him, mixed with some Mr. Merkel Arbeit, Arbeit, Arbeit. Good luck finding that clip. John, if you ever visit the CBIT trade show in Hanover again, let me know. There'll be hookers and blow. You know, if I were at home, I would have... coming up in March. If I were at home, I would have had the Arbeit, Arbeit, Arbeit. I'm sorry. I, you're right. I mean, I, I'm good, but I'm not that good. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't have... I, mean, I can't be carrying around a whole bag of jingles and sound clips with me all day. Yeah, you can. Just digital. Well, give him his case, Karma. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there it is. Arbeit, Arbeit, Arbeit. You've got karma. <laughs> there you go. This is good. Jonas Astrom, Sir Astrom to you in uh, somewhere. Vendelin. 6969. Hey, dudes, treat yourself to some special Swazenuff in the morning karma. Oh. Do we, we don't have a, uh, a Swazenuff. Well, we have the regular. No, G- but you got in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we got that. In the morning. You've got 
Karma. Okay, as we continue on our record-breaking pace with another 6969 donation, My Tim goodness. Ratter, Calgary, Alberta. Please find and close 4221 for each of you. Of the, oh, he sent us, a, I have the two packs of these things, 300 path tags he had to make to propagate. <clears throat> for, you know what a path tag is? No, I have no idea. I leave one of these tags in geocaches I visit as trading swag. I've never heard anyone who found one comment that they've become boners or donors due to this tag yet. Put a few, but a few have said they would check it out. I've also included a check in the amount of 6969 as my third modest donation. Uh, I hope to get a ring before they turn into a All right, now what is a path tag? I don't understand. Well, I, I had to ask JC about this. Oh, you mean so your stunt a, brain? Yeah. So, so my stunt brain. <laughs> so I had, uh, he says that there's this, it was a popular thing sometime back, and I guess it still is around parts of the world, where there's these little, it's like a, it's like a treasure hunt game, and you go there, and there's a, there's a, I guess you, you do some work with, uh, with longitude and latitude, and then you use a GPS, and you find these little boxes filled with goodies. And you, you mean geo- geocaching? One. Yeah, you take one out, and you, but you have to put something back. And so he's taking his little thing out, whatever it is. Uh, you know, a, a, a cookie. Oh, I have no idea what's okay. And, and so he, he drops one of these coins in right, there. Right, I gotcha, I gotcha. So we have two piles of these <clears throat> coins. I remember this. I, I, there were a couple of people doing these geotag, geolocation things and putting yeah. coins in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's well, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, kind of. Yeah. Leslie Cook in Milford, Connecticut, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. I think I'm beginning to feel sore from being punched in the mouth repeatedly by my boyfriend, boyfriend Brian since an episode shortly after the one about the pipelines. It's way past time to donate. Once after shouting boner, donor, douchebag, along with the donation segment, he turned me to me and said, I'm the donor, you're the boner. Ouch. Please send Brian a kick-ass round of karma as he deserves it. Wow. Oh, hardcore. You've got yeah, no kidding. karma. Awesome. James Allen in Cramlington, North Umberton. Umberland or someplace, I guess. No note, but sixty nine, sixty nine. Northumberland, yeah. Nor- Northumberland. Uh, Sir Peter Snakes. Sir Pate is in from Amsterdam. Sixty nine, sixty nine. Sir Pete here once again, saving the Schwazenhof streak. Please do. Sh- this, the thing is, this is going to ruin the streak because I have to. You get the count. We'll, these we'll, we'll have nothing uh, on Sunday. We'll have. It's going to break. The Schwazenhof will be broken. It will be over forever, and I can let the domain name expire. Please douchebag all karma leeching marketeer jerk offs. <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> that would be you, by the way, in today's show with all of the things for these uh, companies. And caramelize all fine, gentle people that actually create value. Play the Yay Children Group jingle if oh. available. Oh, yes. Um, um, okay. And with a karma shot? Okay, we can do that. Yeah, caramelized. You. All right. Oh, here we go. Yeah! <laughs> You've got karma. I'm, I need a, I need a third arm for this show. <laughs> I'm surprised you could find that one. That's one I drunk, got from a, a PBS show. Well, you know what it is? It's all about how you name it. That's really what it comes down to. I guess. Yay! Yay! Caramelize. I like the new word caramelize. J- Jose Abreu in Lisbon. Lisboa! 6969 Portugal. Uh, to keep the chain alive and prove Adam's mood, so he stopped being so bitter. Bitter, a as in chocolate. Well, let me get- and get donations. <laughs> Sardine, Portugal, that is. Bitter, as in chocolate, John. 
You've got karma. I love me some Hershey's chocolate. Daryl Zaremba in Hartford, Wisconsin, 6969, short-term boner, first-time donor. Greetings from Wisconsin. Well, I love the show. I have to take this opportunity to ask you to back off of the, my man Paul Ryan's sack. <laughs> Having followed him from day one, I can tell you he's a stand-up family guy and a straight shooter. The man comes, and by the way, you'll get nothing but a kick out of the end of show clip if you think that's true. The man comes home from Washington every weekend after sleeping on his cot in his office all week. He must stink just to be up with his family. Keep up the media assassination. Got to get a shut up slave, two to the head, hey, citizen, ringtone. Oh, for a ringtone. Okay, so it's two to the head, shut up slave, hey, citizen. Okay, here we go. Shut up, slave. Hey, citizen. Thought that kind of rocked? That was good. Timothy Sion, Sion, S-Y-O-E-N, in Wood River, Illinois, no comment in 6969. Also, Pat Deary in Sarinia, Ontario, 6969. Thank you for all the, thank you, Canadians, for coming on board this this show. Yeah, big time. Big time. Uh, John Tirada in Pasadena, California, 6969. He's a value for value return to NA because the job karma you gave me worked. I got a job, albeit with a pay cut, was a job. In any case, let me share the lack of wealth. All right. Well, thank you, and and we're so happy. Yeah, happy the karma you. worked. Well, let me let me retop you there. A little top up. You've got karma. Maybe for a, a raise. Yeah, maybe that'll help. And get another sixty. My goodness, John, the Swazilnoffs are off the hook today. She's totally out of control. Richard Chow, Fullerton, California, sixty nine, sixty nine. Without comment. Paulie Rickema in Helsinki. 6969. First, thank you for your job, Karma, last time. I got an offer which I can't refuse. So, big thank you. Don't thank us. Yeah. Now I'm asking for traveling, Karma. I'm going to travel around South America, Ecuador, Peru, buy blankets in Peru. They got these, get the baby alpaca blankets. They're unbelievable. They're on <laughs> sale now, and you can go to Amazon.com and use <laughs> our code. Chile and Argentina for that. <laughs> You're going to love uh, Buenos Aires. For the next two and a half months, then I start to go for on a new job. Thanks to you guys. All right, here is some traveling karma. You've got. By the way, John. Karma. I found it. Yeah, I. Uh, I did. It's interesting that traveling. I always spell this wrong. I always spell it with two L's. Yeah, it's wrong. Why is it? Shouldn't it be two L's? It feels like it should be two L's. I know it's wrong. Well, the words travel and you're going inging it, so it'd be travel with an ing. What would you get? It's not traveling. Because it feels like the E and the I on each side of the L be traveling, traveling. I don't know. It just feels right. I know. I've made the mistake, too. All right. Just mentioning Spell checker always catches me. I always go, oh. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Michael Shoemaker in Rancho Cucamonga. Michael Schumacher from the Formula One races? Uh, If it said Schumacher, I would say it's a possibility, but I don't think so. Right. 6969, as the day continues. Um, thanks again for the best podcast in the universe and all your hard work. And more importantly, exposing the game called the Elites, in which we are the menial pawns, indeed. I was a lot happier being an ignorant slave. So thanks a lot, a holes. <laughs> Carry on, make me smarter and sadder. Mike Schumacher. Um, by the way, JCD, uh, there's a little side. Uh, there's a whole thing. I don't think I've okay. that. Thanks, Michael. Uh, Dr. Na- oh, Sir Natural in Port Jefferson, New York. That's 6969, that's our, uh, our Dr. Neninger stuff. You stressed me out that the streak may end. 
John's cranky. Stop being wounded by his barbs. John Adam is a sincere student of your teaching, so stop being annoyed. You both make <laughs> me laugh anyway. Play more clips. Play every damn clip you have. You guys are my only news show, and I need to last for days. Stop editing. <laughs> I realize you're not donating because they don't like my moniker. So, Dr. Neninger, come on. Henceforth, Sir Natural, please give me an Italian shut-up slave and more auto-suggestion karma. This stuff is gold. And just heard more show, and this is your best show ever. John, stop talking about potato chip stocks with Horowitz and figure out how we profit from Scottish, Scottish independence. Actually, that would be a good topic. Can we get dual citizenship? Okay. All right, good luck Let with me that. Give him a call. Shut up, slave. I kind of like it with the both now. I, I, there's a, yeah, like, I, I kind of like. I kind of yeah. works with the with the shut up slave in front of it. And yeah. he also came up with a second sixty nine sixty nine saying, "Stop complaining about the contours of my previous donation <laughs> note. It's still pending issues that need to be resolved. I demand you play every clip." And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes our Swazelnuff segment for today. Sixty nine, sixty nine, dude. How many was that? Did you count them? No. That was a lot. And you know what? I'm, I'm not complaining. No, it's, it's yeah. Well, I'm very, yeah. very happy. Thank you. Watch Sunday just dropped to zero. No, well, no, we'll be dead. We're gonna- <laughs> John Vale in Pennsburg, Pennsylvania, 67 without comment. Peter Van de Castile mm. in Ghent. Ghent. Uh, Ghent. Ghent. 59.75, which is 55.55 plus 4.20. Who wants to get a ding, ding, ding? You've got squirrel for my girlfriend's job hunt and some JCD advice on California red wine. Has always liked the culinary tidbits. I, the Keaton in 2007 Cabernet hold, Sauvignon. Hold on That's a second. Hold on a second. He wants what? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You've got squirrel. Now how the hell am I, I supposed he wants to? A, you've got karma with squirrel. He wants the three dings, <laughs> the squirrel, and then a karma shot. Um, the squirrel seems to be missing. All right, well, just give him karma, then you got his dings. Where's my squirrel? That's weird. All right, here we go. Where's the damn squirrel? You've got karma. This is crazy. The squirrel is literally missing from, from the, oh my God. The squirrel has run away from my jingle box. Somebody may have invaded your privacy. (laughs) Someone has made off with my squirrel. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, 2007 Keenan Cabernet, if you can find it, get a bottle. Only, oh, by the way, you know, the Burrowing Owl is still really one of my favorite ones. And can we get that at Costco, John? <laughs> Ollie, Ollie Nyman at North B Stockholm, 55.55. These are congratulatory. This is our 55.55 donation, which is a congratulatory donation for our fifth anniversary show. So it's a bunch of fives. Uh, and all he says, I've been fan for years, also been very cheap. The show has been so good lately, I just have to contribute to the anniversary, do some Swedish news, and I'll donate again. Okay, we'll work on that. Monica Lansing in Edmonton, Alberta. Really enjoyed the last few shows. Keep them coming. Uh, Wal Raven Nico in Singapore, 5555. Tony Forte, Raymore, Missouri. 5555. Christian Collins in San Carlos, California. You and... Uh, Adam, this is my third donation. Hopefully this episode's your fifth anniversary. If not, it's coming. This is the 26th of October. Take my money anyway. Please give my friend SCR1 a douchebag call out. Douchebag. Because I'm trying to get her hooked on the show, but she won't listen. Please give me some job, car- job karma. I'm getting desperate. You've got karma. <laughs> 
Alan Stallman in uh, Slowman. <laughs> Wait a minute. The squirrel just walked in. Squirrel. There we go. Uh, and she's uh, naked when she does Colin that, Alan Slowman in London, 55-55, with the comment, five more years. <laughs> Okie dokie. Five more years. Five more, more years. years. Chris Ball in Chicago, 55-55. Keep, for the upcoming fifth anniversary, can I ask for Pelosi jobs along with a bit of karma oh, for me as well as the show? Thanks, guys. Oh, man. It's like I'm... Uh, uh, I'm uh, He's on the road. Yeah, it's like this... No, please. Um, just give him a karma. Yeah, I'll just... I'm sorry, man. It's like that's a hard one. Sunday you're gonna be back or no? No, Sunday I'm still gonna be here, but I'll find I'm gonna find the the arbite arbite and the jobs jobs. I know where to look. It's just I can't do it quick enough, you know. Robert Charles, Charlotte, North Carolina. Not a sys admin or corporate any. Not a sys admin or corporate anyone. Home of NASCAR and moonshine. Just high school diploma. Eight years and listen. Now twelve is a blue collar slave. Currently have my head above water. So. Enough to send some support and say thanks, mainly for John, for the salt info. Oh, great. It was in a newsletter you got, people got a hold of. Ryan Kiefer in Durham, North Carolina. A lot of people quit the newsletter. There's no news in it. We have news in it. It's not constant. Ryan Kiefer in Durham, North Carolina, uh, 5555. Longtime boner, first-time donor. Congratulations on the five years. Hope to donate more in the next five. Shot of karma would be great. No jumping through multiple hoops. Jingles needed. You've got karma. Remco Van Dyke in Harlem, ha- Holland. Yes. 5555. Mr. Snow in St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg? That's what it says. I think it's, he's in Russia. He's in St. Petersburg. Really? The, 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 the PayPal came up with Sankt. He's in St. Petersburg. <laughs> so maybe he's not. Uh, maybe he's in St. Petersburg. Uh, he's Mr. Snow. He wants to be anonymous. He's a student. Has been listening for over a year and promised myself that when I get a job and start getting by, I would donate. But it seems the way things are going, you guys aren't going to last that long. This is about all the money I get per month from the Russian government for being a good student slave. This is my only income. But it's going for a good cause. I'd like to send some karma oh. to Tom Merritt. I followed him from what? Buzz Out Loud to Twit and found John. Oh, wow. Oh, that's Way cool. Squirrel. He needs to send... I found it. Okay. He wants to say... He wants a, a douchebag call out to the 99% boners. Happy douche fifth. Bag. Yes. And thank you, Lone Squirrel, uh, in the chat room for sending me the squirrel. Oh, yes. Squirrel. You've got found karma. It. Travis Stearns in Minneapolis, Minnesota, 5555. William Smock in San Diego. Uh, looking forward to five more years. Please give me some driving karma for my trip to Las Cruces. <laughs> yeah. I think you've that, taken that trip. Yeah, that's uh, Route 10. Uh, you'll get pulled over by uh, Border Patrol for sure. I think my last donation was on 429. I got the extended version with the show conversation. Looking to see if I get another extended show with this donation, 5555. John right, Haller. Well. Good luck on that. I'm sorry, that's William Smock. Yeah. William Smock. Smock, 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 John Haller in Missoula, Montana, 5555. Christopher Anderson, Canyon Court. Is that what that is? California. Been a great five years. Thanks. J.K. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. That's almost like a eulogy. <laughs> yeah, really. Great five, great five years. Thanks. Bye. Now go die. Die. J.K. Goodbye. Shields in Wick Highland. Uh, 5555, taking out the side of your mouth stretch, sketch in 446 was the funniest thing I've heard in years. Wow. Oh, the technician shot of the side of the mouth? 
I guess. Worth $55 on its own. Keep up the analysis. Sir Robert Goshko and Sherwood, Alberta. We're gonna re- the show will be running a little long today, by the way, because of all these well-wishers. Uh, happy 5th. Thank um, you. Michael Muller in Arlesheim, Deutschland, I think. Yes, no? 5555. Yeah. Uh, Alan Adler in Rolling Hills, California. My Congratulations. Goodness. Hope both of you go for general class or extra class. Oh, oh yes. Can I just say, John, I am ready to take the test. I've studied. Okay. And oh, I, the technical, we're talking about ham radio license. The technical's easy. Yeah, it's very easy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and I found a repeater so that we can talk to each other, good buddy. Yeah, you've got a repeater that goes where? No, it, goes, it, it actually connects to the winds uh, system that you were talking about. A repeater in there's no I didn't see one listed anywhere near all B cave it's in B cave and I can uh, I can uh, oh B cave that's where the uh, you got to go to the barbecue place there <laughs> Wait, what kind there's of non sequitur are you throwing at me I'm talking about I'm becoming a ham radio operator I'm going to take the test and you're like go to the barbecue you know what I'll go to the barbecue place in B cave hop on the repeater and tell you how scrumptious it is great. Okay. That sounds like typical ham chat. CQ, CQ, BBQ, CQ, CQ, BBQ. Down at 80 meters, these old guys are down there doing that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be CQ, John. You're going to make a fool of yourself on VHF. I don't give a crap. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Joe Murphy in Bella Vista, Arkansas. Hey, guys, got a human resource to do in November, a job interview this Thursday. I need some healthy baby, new job karma. Also mentioned the No Agenda Human Resource app again so I can pass along some more download money to you guys. I think we had three downloads in the last four months. Wait, the No Agenda Human Resource. That's the, uh, okay, go get the No Agenda Human Resource app. You can find it in the App Store or iTunes. You've got karma. My goodness, this is is a great. You don't move a lot of product as a problem. Jimmy Tack in Oudgastel. Oudgastel. Oud Hustel. Out Hustel. Out Hustel. Hustel. I bit my tongue. Very good. I would have donated more, but since John thinks stealing money from one person and giving it to another will save the economy, I feel he can't be trusted with more. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, John. Good job. I don't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Also, the boom bust cycle is completely bogative. Google Australian economics, Austrian economics, and congratulations on your five-year anniversary. Yeah, we've never heard of the uh, Austrian. Sir Richard Haskins in Stephens City, Virginia. Typing drunk, okay. So this is probably get cut off by PayPal, but I'll type it anyway. Here's a fine 5555 donation in honor of your fifth anniversary coming up. Fifth anniversary gifts are traditionally wood. Just a sec. There, I gave you guys a Woody. Yeah. <laughs> he gave me one. Back to the White House beer. Well, I did not know. So the fifth anniversary is is uh, Wood? Wood. That's cool. <laughs> a Woody. Yeah, well, I'm glad we now know that. We can, we can, thank you. I'm glad knowing that. <laughs> and that's the last of our, our, our congratulatory donations. Whew. And let's get a... Meanwhile, podcast for peace and uh, Alamo came in uh, 5150 because the shifting sounds of the job market need a karma shot. Be doing a lot of those. Uh, You've got karma. Thor killed Matthiasen in Vard. Thor Thor killed Matthiasen. That's how I'd say it. And Vard. Oh, I just Varded. He's in Denmark. Mm -hmm. Yes, not from Copenhagen. 
I really don't know what to write, so uh, more or less wrote something, but I hope you do appreciate it. Here's the early one for the anniversary. I find you guys very interesting. It's 5130, which is the other anniversary number. And informed you guys gave me a more critical look at the world. You should not stop the show. That would be very sad and probably depressing because I don't know what else to go to to get this kind of reporting uh, like this recent wars have been about oil more or less the drones that may be up to something to invest in uh, because i can't get my pension at age 69 unlike in france and ww3 is coming soon i would like a train's good planes bad karma uh hope that stupid it education will get me somewhere all aboard trains good planes bad Woo-hoo. and Gar- garcia's in by the way what? Garcia, our, our, our contact in Madrid came in. With oh, 50. he's alive. Yeah, good. Ignacio Garcia in 50. Yeah, we have to good. get chaps on him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 5130, and he'll be reporting on what's really going on in uh, Madrid, hopefully soon. Uh, Eric Nagel in Bunschoten Spakenburg. Bunschoten Spakenburg. That's Deutschland or Holland? No, Holland. Oh, okay. Karma for John and Adam, 5130. Fatuck. You've got karma. The Tuck Computers, F-T-U-K Computers, and Crew Cheshire. Hey, Crew is where they make the Rolls Royce, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Oh, cool. Hmm. Uh, well, they probably a lot of money there. $50 without comment. Kevin Hamilton, $50 without comment. Parts unknown. Sir Peter Totes, 50 Kevin Hamilton in Plano, Texas, up the road from you, 50 And final, Mike Bernstein in Bettendorf, Iowa, um, 50 hmm. And here's a guy. Just a couple. That's the end of our donation set. But there's a couple little mentions here I should read uh, from JKLM Inc. I received an email from PayPal informing me that my regular payments to the best podcast in the universe have been suspended. They gave no explanation or reason. I'm sending this donation until I can reestablish automatic payments. That's the buggy dune buggy guy, buggygolfcarts.com. Remember him? So he got yeah, cut oh, off. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Excuse me. Excuse me. I have a swazen off in my throat. (laughs) And uh, I think that's about it for today's shows. uh, Wow. Well, it's been it's been great. We really appreciate it. And one thing for sure. Appreciate the congratulations for sure. Yeah. And it's and uh, Yeah. The 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 five 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 is fantastic. It makes me feel really good about doing the show. You know, and I, I wear my heart on my sleeve, you know, when. When uh, when it's not going well and donations are low, I get all crabby and uh, you know because uh, I don't like getting by like anybody else. And, yeah, uh, and, and, you, and you're still contemplating buying a Volt for two hundred <laughs> bucks a month or whatever. Actually, hey, by no, the way, I heard one hundred and sixty-six dollars a month, John. They've lowered what? it. One hundred sixty. Yeah. Here, yes. Hold on a second. Let me, let me look, and that's for twenty-four months. No, no, let no, no. Bring no. a point. No, no, that's that's for that's uh, I think that's for thirty-six or seventy-two. Okay, well, whatever. Let me bring up an interesting point because they're condemning you. For, oh, you're never going to get parts. You're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. If it's a leased car, what difference does it make? <clears throat> you drive it around for the year or two or three, and then give you know on power from the house, and then you drop it off at the Chevy dealer and say so long, suckers. So what difference does it make? You can't get parts. You got a car that's leased. They'll keep it on the road till the lease runs out. Otherwise, if it doesn't, if they didn't, then you can just drop it off and you're Sam through with this thing. I uh, I think it just it's a, just a completely lame looking car. I think that's my problem. I mean, no, I, the I, black I, one looks cool. I don't. I actually don't mind. You know, the truck is. Uh, 
you know, the, the, you know, the <laughs> oh, you backed off. You let them cow you. You let you let yeah. them beat them, browbeat you pussy. into not getting yeah. what you wanted. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, for, because Lord knows for weeks I've been going to bed saying, oh, oh, please, I hope I can afford a Chevy Volt. I really hope the price comes down. Yeah, that's what I really wanted. Now, I was just looking at a great deal thinking this is an $80,000 car that they're now practically giving away. And I was just looking at the value for value saying that's a great value. But I've gotten so much negativity. Completely great value. Oh, that's because they're haters. <laughs> they're haters. <laughs> All right. Um, should you like an easy executive producership or associate executive producership, then this Sunday is your show. Dvorak.org slash N-A. We really appreciate the support. This is great and uh, makes me feel great that we're out here uh, on the road doing stuff and uh, in crazy circumstances. And it's going to be that way for the next uh, three or four shows. Uh, so uh, I feel good about that. How about you, John? You feel good? I feel uh, like we should uh, wish somebody a happy birthday. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to sell something? Because we could always try that. No, I, I really would. I think we would stop the show if we had commercials. I mean, it just wouldn't be. This show would be crap. Do, do you not hear the jingles? Well, you I do, right? That one before. You hear, you hear this, right? Barely. Okay. I don't know what's going on with that. But anyway, uh, only one birthday today. Rebecca Martin congratulates her husband, John. Well, yes, happy birthday from your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. And we do have uh, two knighthoods to uh, bestow, John. If uh, Can you hear your sword at least? Or uh, There it comes. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon Fedro- <coughs> Fedori. And Joshua Polson, please step forward as both of you are now about to become Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable for your contributions and support of this program, the best podcast in the universe. In the amount of $1,000 or more, you still qualify for your night ring. So I hereby pronounce the Sir Gordon and Sir Joshua, both Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable for you gentlemen, hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay. If you wish, we've got your uh, hot pants and booze or your wenches and beer. It's all right here. Thank you again. Tacos. And what? Tacos. Tacos. Uh, Tacos and what? Tacos. Tacos. Tacos and hot sauce. (laughs) Okay. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Let me uh, ease you into uh, a new meme here. I don't know if you saw this report. I was uh, astounded about the uh about the report and i was going to do a whole kind of um uh you know a whole segment about it but then i found that the that some mainstream media actually picked up on it as well and this is the uh the new meme when it comes to drones the double tap you strange the double tap actually i have a pretty good clip summarizing this well i'm actually playing a clip which you're just talking right through so, um, why don't you shut up while I can play the clip? I can't hear a thing. Here we go on. Well, let, let's fix that then. Why can't you hear it? I don't understand. I'm not hearing the clip. I'm hearing you. Hold on. You, do you hear my clips at all? I heard the two shots. Shot, the double right. tap. Sh- do you hear this? Head. Listen, do you hear this? U.S. drone strikes in northwestern Pakistan are frequently killing and injuring rescue. Do you hear that? Yeah. Well, then be quiet. In so-called 
double tap strikes. That's where follow-up strikes target a location that's just been hit. And all this is according to a new report from two leading American universities. Now, the supposed targets are al-Qaeda and Taliban militants, but the authors conclude that many of those hit are low-level and not at all senior commanders. Well, our correspondent Ola Girin is in the Pakistan capital, Islamabad, and she's been looking at the findings. It is a substantial report by two respected American universities. Uh, the research was commissioned by the UK legal charity Reprieve, which campaigns against drones, uh, but the findings are independent. Now, the study says basically that drones are damaging and counterproductive to US security interests. Uh, it says strikes that kill hundreds of low-level fighters are of dubious security value to the United States. It says the number of senior militants killed in these strikes uh, is only about 2% and it calls on the U.S. to review the policy. It also says the U.S. government uh, is very reluctant to admit that there are civilian casualties, although there is significant uh, evidence that this is the case. And it highlights that practice of so-called double-tap strikes, <laughs> where there are repeated strikes at a single location uh, and the follow-on strikes are killing rescuers, first responders and locals who go to the scene. Now, that has resulted in people being too afraid uh, to go and help the injured and the dying. Uh, one local suffer. humanitarian organization is said to now have a six-hour mandatory wait before they go to the scene of a drone strike. So I find this very, very interesting. <clears throat> um, the, 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 the phrase double tap is, I think, in most recent popular culture, is known from Zombieland as the only surefire way to kill a zombie is by double tap, you know, two taps to the head. But of course, we've been using the two to the head meme for quite a while. And I, I wonder, does it not really diminish the whole idea of a hellfire missile coming down out of the sky and blowing you up? Is that like double tap? Is it? Well, you know, it seems to me, for one thing, this is sick. Let's start with that premise. Thank you. And so what they do is they blow up somebody's house and kill whoever, you know, a bunch of kids and whoever's in there. And they now that they've got document, it has been documented for a while that they're not really killing anybody important because why are they doing out in the middle of nowhere? So then within a few minutes, it, when people go rushing to help the wounded, like, you know, let's say it was a Red Cross truck, they go rushing in there to help the wounded. They kill them, too, just as a joke. That was the point cool. of the second shot. Just, just, clean up. just clean up. Hey, they're just trying to help the guys. Let's kill them. Just clean up. Just, you know, just I mean, get... it's very, very, <laughs> it's sick. It's sick. And, but again, we have the Obama's kill list. And you know, supposedly gets to watch all these the videos. And according to Ulsterman and others. And he watches the videos of this. It's, oh, that's about time. Look at the rescuers coming in. Let's blast go it now, again Go now. Go now. Go, go, go. And meanwhile. I mean, it's, it's just really nauseating. And the fact that nobody cares. Uh, Obama's a character. What a, got a great smile, that Obama. Hey, and then we have uh, David Cameron talking about how horrible uh, the children are treated there in uh, in Syria. How come no one goes, says, hey, hey, uh, these Americans, this uh, president of yours, he's double tapping kids and rescuers and uh, just killing everybody over there. How come none of that is there? Why are we not outraged by this? Why? I, I'm outraged by it. Oh, you're not. I am. I'm totally outraged by it. I have a. It's funny. I thought your report was going to be the exact same one. It's a funny parallel report to the one I have, which we might as well play. 
which is the BBC version of the exact same report, which is a, eh, probably another 10 seconds longer than yours. I'm sorry, what's the title of it? Because I can't seem to find it. Oh, it's called um, oh, good, good, BBC good BBC Drone, Drone Report. Report. So we're, uh, we're both uh, in line with each other as usual. Here we go. U.S. drone strikes in northwest Pakistan are frequently injuring not only civilians, but their rescuers in what are known as double-tap strikes. That's where follow-up strikes target a location that's just been hit. So says a new report from Stanford and New York universities. The actual targets are al-Qaeda and Taliban militants. But the authors conclude that many of those hit are low-level operatives, not senior commanders. The BBC's Olegarian has more from Islamabad. Well, this report reaches damning conclusions about the CIA drone program. It says it's counterproductive and damaging, that it's killing very few senior leaders, and that it is terrorizing an entire community in the process. Now, according to the authors, as senior militants account for only an estimated 2% of drone victims. But they paint a picture of an entire community living in paralyzing fear. Men, women and children are looking up at the skies overhead wondering when death is going to come raining down. They say that many people are too afraid to attend gatherings like weddings and funerals in case they're targeted. Uh, They say some parents are afraid to send their children to school or the children themselves are too traumatized to go. Uh, One humanitarian worker previously based in the U.S. compared the level of fear in Waziristan with the fear in New York after 9-11. The report also highlights the risk to rescuers. It says the practice of carrying out follow-up strikes means that those who go to give assistance after a strike uh, can be killed themselves. Now, the majority of those killed in drone attacks are believed to be suspected militants, but independent researchers say that several hundred civilians are also counted among the dead. U.S. officials say the drones are surgically precise, that they limit collateral (coughs) damage. Uh, This report says that claim is false, uh, but either way, the administration is expected to continue using these weapons here and elsewhere. So this is very, very, very interesting, John, because my report, I think it might have been from RT. Your report was from the BBC. I have not seen anyone pick up on this report, which is a U.S. report, I might add. Uh, no one has picked up on this report here. However, no, that, well, that's not true because Democracy Now! had a whole, not only a huge oh, segment really? on it, oh, we'll they did? take a clip for Sunday, Okay, a good. huge segment on it, but they had the report's main author on. Oh! well, it was actually quite interesting. Well, NPR... Uh, as far as I know, did not do anything about this, about the double tap report, but they did have a whole drone segment I'd like to share with you. It started as trash talk between two contributors to a national security blog. To settle their differences, they decided to host a drone smackdown. Not armed drones, of course, but model drones. Of course. The kind anyone can buy at a toy store or online. NPR's Carrie Johnson reports, while the smackdown was all in the name of fun, it also had some serious undertones. So, so they had... Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. This no. is their national treasure. Oh, yeah. No, it, I'll give you a little bit more. The, the report goes on for hours, but I'll give you a little more. Just this is So while people are being killed and rescuers who then go to try and pick up bits and pieces of these people who've been blown apart. By the way, brought to you by your president and the CIA... Okay, this is not the army who does this. The CIA does this in your name. And then the rescuers get blown to bits by the double tap. Our national treasure and the fine editors of national security blogs are 
playing drone smackdown with each other. Let's be clear. This was just a game for national security experts and aviation buffs trying to knock each other's little rinky-dink unarmed drones out of the sky on a beautiful afternoon at the end of the summer. We're somewhere in Virginia. Shane Harris, a national security writer and the judge of this contest, sounds merry. But for a moment last week, the whole drone smackdown was up in the air. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! The, the, the smackdown was up in the air. It might not happen because, oh, oh. A park in Washington had been ruled out after the Federal Aviation Administration warned that machines not much bigger than your kid's toy helicopter didn't belong in D.C.'s restricted airspace. Oh, we couldn't do our drone smackdown. These people should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> they should be ashamed. If you see these people, go spit on them. <laughs> spit, just go up there and go, you shit. This makes so, me angry. These people, they're supposed to be writing about this stuff. Instead, they're playing drone smackdown. And yeah, you should be talking about this report. I mean, this, this, none of our innocent people killed left and right. It's not doing us any good. And it's, it's terrorizing. Talk about terrorism. That, that is the pure. So you have to understand. And, and if you read the actual report, here's what is. So drones are one thing. So you know what happens is the drone comes by. Uh, it, it identifies you. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you did a jumping jack. It kills you. But here's yeah, what well, happens. No, anytime two or three guys get together and, you know, have a beer. They're, they're, no, no, no. But, but it's worse, John. So they In, drone them. It's worse. Uh, you know, little groups of people meet. And, you know, that's funny because if you listen to, uh, I'm trying what, to think which can one. I, can, I, just, can I just say something? Play the, play the clip, which is interesting. Cause Hello? Play the clip. Am I on? Uh, is is this two, on? Can you hear me? Am I even on? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? With this in mind. What he's Hello, advocating John. is exactly what he's denying. These people in Wazira John. Stand, who are, are, I guess, our sworn enemies, even though I don't know that they can come over here that easy. But okay. Uh, it's just like ridiculous. Play this Obama on true democracy as part of this discussion. Can you hear me? John. Yeah, I can now. My God, I've been yelling for 10 minutes. I just hear you now. Oh, my God. Uh, I was going to. Well, anyway, I'll play this clip, but I had something to say. <laughs> I can't. I, I, it's like we're half duplex or something. Something went really bad there. Here, let me play your clip and they'll say something. True democracy demands that citizens cannot be thrown in jail because of what they believe. And the businesses can be opened without paying a bribe. It depends on the freedom of citizens to speak their minds and assemble without fear. And on the rule Yo. of law and due process that guarantees the rights of all people. In other words, true democracy, real freedom, is hard work. Those in power have to resist the temptation to crack down on dissidents. In hard economic times, countries must be tempted, uh, it may be tempted to rally uh, the people around perceived enemies at home and abroad, rather <laughs> than focusing on the painstaking work of reform. Okay. All right, can you hear me? I just want to make sure you can hear me. That was the funniest yeah, bit we've ever you. done. But don't you think, you know, you could be able to assemble and all this stuff. Yeah. Why are we denying this to these people? Well, here, here's, here's what I was trying to say, which, which does flow right into this. The true terror of the drones is not just the strikes. These things fly around, and they're very noisy. For hours and just 24-7, they're flying around these people's homes so they're in their house hearing, mm, and they're just like, when is it my turn? This is the terror. 
That's what's in the report, which is not really, you know, they're all, everyone's talking about the double tap. The true terror is exactly what our president is talking about here. He is ordering the CIA, not even our military, the CIA, to have these drones 24 hours a day. They're flying. Just imagine that. Yeah, and the, the house blowing up every so often. This is an uh, uh, it's unbelievable. That level of terror is unbelievable. But of course, uh, please. Please, those of you who write about drones on national security blogs, please go have a drone off, you jerk offs. Drone off, whatever. Anyway, hey, anyway. if you you know yeah, well, that was really quite weird though. I was trying to say you just were talking over me, and then I couldn't couldn't get you to say anything. It was like weird. Ah, uh, there's something wrong with that connection. Maybe. Yeah, have been breaking up on and off. I'm oh, really? Bitching okay. about it too much. Uh, well, it's nothing. I can't. You know, we can try mumble. And you always <laughs> kind of come up too, which is uh, weird. That is it's weird. It's like when I just said something, you started talking, but you came up from zero, and you were like, it's like you faded in. Really? Yeah. You're, in fact, most of the that, which is probably why I couldn't hear you. Oh. Or maybe the fact that you don't wear headphones. No, it wouldn't be that. Believe me, I can hear everything easy enough on these. Uh, yeah, but yeah, this, well, let me try. Let me just try something here. Let me. Uh, no, don't change it now. You well, got a good yeah, I, I, I want to make sure. Well, this is really quite bad. You know, I don't think we can't have a dialogue. Well, no, you can't interrupt me. Is what I think that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got something. To, to clip the, I think personally, I thought it was clip of the day. All right. Yes. Yes. Okay. I said yes. All right. So yes. This is, this is not. I don't know. Did you hear about this? Or I, I. I didn't see it reported in any place but Asia. It was on China. China news uh, about the fact that the French are going to ban uh, genetically modified corn. Oh yes. No. I. Um, I've heard a lot about this actually, and I believe that this is actually a part of the Prop Thirty Seven uh, GMO labeling. PR war that's going on in California. Well, uh, I didn't see it any place else, but in the oh no 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 no, this has been going on. Oh no no CCTV. See, you still can't hear me. This is really bad. I can hear you. No, because I'll talk, and then I I can tell from your behavior that you can't hear me. I can hear you fine. Yeah. Let me play your clip. France says it may press for a Europe-wide ban on genetically modified corn. This comes after a new study found that rats fed NK603 corn developed higher levels of cancer, had larger cancerous tumors, and died earlier than controls. The rats were monitored by scientists at a university for two years, making this the very first long-term study of NK603 corn. The corn is made by U.S. agribusiness giant Monsanto. Yeah, so here's the deal with this report. Um, first of all, Russia, uh, according to reports, has now suspended import of all uh, the uh, NK603 corn. So Russia is uh, is ahead of France. Um, but the war is on with this. Apparently, the French uh, study, they only used 10 rats who were already, like, precancerous. I'm, I'm telling you, this is about Prop 37 in California, about GMO labeling. I, I've been feeling this for two weeks now, and I've, and I've actually been, we just haven't gotten to it on the show, but I've put it in the show notes, at least for the past three or four shows, this, about this study. And I'm, I'm really, John, I'm, I, 
and of course, I'm the first guy who hates Monsanto, but I think that this is a hit piece, uh, and I'm not entirely convinced that these rats just developed uh, these, you know, have you seen the video that it's like the rat has like a tennis ball hanging out of his butt? Yeah. That's how big the tumors are. And of course, I mean, I don't want, I don't, I try not to eat any corn. I certainly would, I don't want any Monsanto product, but this to me feels like there's a, this is a PR hit job. And, uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. Okay. And I still like it though. I still like it. I, I, I like the pictures, the rats, they're great looking like a golf ball hanging out of his ear. (laughs) And, and the fact that it hasn't been picked up by big mainstream media tells me that this is a hit job. Because most people would say, well, that no, 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 no. Most people would say, because of course, NPR, uh, PBS, ABC, they're not going to go bite Monsanto's ass. Have you seen no, it? That's for sure. Yeah. That's why the reporting is not there. It's, it's, it's one of these weird situations where people think that this is not being reported, you know, because, uh, you know, we're all supposed to eat the horrible corn. Now, I think in this case, it's really a hit job. Now, is this corn good? No. Do we have to get rid of Monsanto? We should nationalize Monsanto. In fact, this is what Roseanne Barr said, who was running for president. You knew she was a presidential candidate? No. Roseanne Barr is a presidential candidate for the Freedom and Peace Party. So uh, she will be on the ballot, apparently. Is that, hold on. Is that different than the Peace and Freedom Party? It's the same one. Oh. And she was interviewed by Thom Hartman on... What? Yes, on uh, Russia Today, and here's her platform. As the presidential nominee for the Peace and Freedom Party, how would you solve our current economic problems? I would do what Iceland did. I would (laughs) kick out the Federal Reserve or nationalize it. And uh, along with that, I would also nationalize all of Monsanto profits because Monsanto is an international corporation. And I'm afraid that if America does not nationalize it, some other country will. And, uh, you know, so I would just start there. That's working what? really well in um, Iceland and, and uh, a, a couple of other countries where, you know, we're no longer on um, a failed system of theft, basically. Yeah. A failed system of debt, slavery, and theft. So I'm for rebuilding everything from the ground up that becomes true representation of uh, true, of, you know, true opinions of uh, by and for and of the people of- <laughs> I am changing my vote. I am no She's got my vote. I am voting for Roseanne Barr. I'm I'm all over that. What an idiot. She's great. I'm voting for her. She's great. Well, you- Nationalize Monsanto, kick out the Federal Reserve. You know, she's wacky, but I'm 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 really contemplating giving my vote to her. <laughs> I really like it. Uh, what else we got? Hey, welcome, Mrs. Small Biz, to the party. Where were you when we did that two hours ago? I'm sorry? No, no, I'm just talking. Just smacking down the chat room. Oh. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm very close to not wanting to look at the chat room anymore. I gave up on them. People are so harsh, you know. It's so Too many har- ankle biters in well, you there. You know what it is? We work hard, and here's, here's the things I don't like. When people go like, they do a whole line of Z's. It's so demotivating. 
For you know, what? Well, well because they, because, well, because, because they apparently they're at you for what? Because apparently they're bored with whatever topic we're talking oh, about. Oh, Z, or like the snoring yeah. is, uh, yeah. is boring. Yeah. boring. Or they'll just say, "This That's is boring." Go in the is... chat room and just say, "Whatever you do, just boring." In fact, boring. you know what? <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm logging <laughs> off now. I'm logging off. I can't I can't watch it anymore. Well, I don't know why you watch it. Well, you watch it for the reason for a chat room. No, no, no. I'm done. Situation no, I, like this is so. Yeah, I'm done. It's so you can correct yourself in real time when when you actually make an egregious error. Yeah, but I can't do it anymore because it's too distracting. Because people are saying, you know, just saying crap. That's <clears throat> like, because the chat room is not <clears throat> well moderated. No offense to the chat room people that right. moderate it. All right. So if someone wants to, to, if I make an egregious error, then one uh, Sir Gitmo or Mr. Oil or JC can uh, get in our back channel and tell me there. I can't. I just can't. Want, it's so demotivating. Like you're wrong again. You suck. <laughs> you're wrong again. You yeah, suck. I swear to God, you're wrong this again. Because it is not like Leo's <laughs> chat room. Even though you, this I is kicked part up. of your fault. My fault. This is my fault. How yeah. is this my fault? I bitch and moan about the chat room and said this, this needs to be strong. It has to be throw some of these yahoos out. And you said, no, it's going to be too much like Leo's too rigid. They can fight. They throw people out and ban them. <laughs> well, I take it back. You were right. I was wrong, honey. You're, you're welcome. Yeah. All right. Uh, ADHD drug suspected of hurting uh, Canadian kids. I don't know if you saw this report. This is uh, like it's like nothing we don't know, but it's kind of fun to see it show up. Uh, one out of well, here's my. Let me, let, can I read my favorite story for the week? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I should. Why do I even show up except just to play the jingles for you? Exactly. That's what the chat room would say. <laughs> Thousands of drug-related convictions in Massachusetts may be challenged as investigators learn more, learn more about improper evidence handling. Would you like the, the clip? Department of Public Health Laboratory. Would you, would you like the clip? Samples would you? Related to 34,000 convictions about drugs. Turns out that the woman who heads up the lab never has, doesn't even have a Can degree. you hear me now? She claimed to have a master's degree. Can you hear me now? School. One, two, she check, two. She was the lab's quality two, control. One, two, Now the judges have So you have 30. Two, now, drugs are two. legalized. This wouldn't be a problem in the first place. But we have something like 34,000 people convicted of drug crimes. And it's all on bogus information from this phony lab in, in Massachusetts. Can you imagine the states, the, the lawsuits that are going to stem from this? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear you me? Hang up on me? Can you hear me? Ah, this is bogative. Hello, 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 hello. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Now I can hear you. Jesus. They don't blame me. I uh, know because I was the minute I said, "Would you like to hear the clip?" and I I can't I can't interrupt your flow, which means this is like we might well just like go over would you well, like I'm to hear sorry. the? I didn't know you had a clip. I know because you can't hear me. There's something weird with the connection. Would you like to hear the clip over? I'd love to hear the clip over. Making national headlines. We're going to begin with a story in the Boston Globe in a huge 
drug lab scandal which is rocking Massachusetts. An investigation found that more than 1,100 people, 1,100, are in state prisoner county jails because of potentially tainted drug evidence. Now, this is, of course, the same thing you just read, but you don't have the groovy reaction from your co-host. Former state chemist Annie Dukin allegedly told law enforcement officials she mixed drug samples to create positive results, increase the weight of the drug samples, even violated evidence handling procedures. She may have handled 60,000 samples in 34,000 criminal cases. Crazy. Dukin has not been charged. Why? But a criminal investigation (laughs) is underway. That's terrible. All right. uh, That's terrible that's terrible wow amazing Woo! all right let's move on now that's all i that's all i that's what i should do on this show just go like oh wow oh i that's what i do i don't this it's really this has really been very challenging to uh to have a conversation it's you only the last me. later part of the show there's something the connection has fallen <laughs> apart uh, no Well, I'm deflated now. I'm deflated by the chat room. I'm deflated by trying to make things work on the road, and it doesn't work. I don't have the jingles, and and I'm always wrong again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wrong. (laughs) I'm so wrong. I don't want to be wrong. Think of the children. (laughs) Wait, don't we have that? Don't we have that uh, jingle? Will somebody think of the children? I thought we had that one. (laughs) Uh, Wow. I don't know where it's. See? Uh, I have one clip that's kind of interesting. If you want to hear some guy who's rehearsed. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, just checking. What do you got? I have the uh, the political analyst from MSNBC who does a rant on Romney that is rehearsed. And oh, it's good. absolutely stunning. There's no way anyone could do this at the top, off the top of their head. It's that good? I found it very good, yeah. Absolutely right. The reality is this, is that uh, Mitt Romney is attempting to exploit um, <clears throat> the statements by President Obama, take them out of context and use them as a pretext to justify his assault upon the foreign policy of the Obama administration. And yet we know what he really thinks. Again, we've seen behind the curtain. We see that the Wizard of Oz is a small guy. We see he's not the big bad wolf that he claims to be in his hawkish politics. Here's a guy who dismisses with elite condescension the vast majority majority of Americans. And it is just uh, inexplicable to me why Mitt Romney would continue to poll even moderately well uh, among those members of the white working class or working poor or those who are even in the middle class, because Mitt Romney thinks they're a bunch of moochers and hangers on <laughs> and victimizers and victim mongerers who go around <laughs> bellyaching and kvetching about their rate of taxes and uh, denying the fact that they must be self-sufficient. I mean, his picture of them is so distorted that we can't trust what he says about Obama and we can't even trust what he says about the people who would ostensibly be part of his constituency. I think the man is confused. It's not the bump on the road. It's the bump on his head from which he's suffering a bunch of stars and he can't see. (laughs) That's great. I love that. It's like the guy has his one shot. And he goes goes through it. Right. Right. And he just hammers it out. Anyway, wow. that's the MSNBC political analyst. All right, uh, let me. Uh, the, uh, we got to close this up. I think we got uh, c- a couple more things here. Uh, one is. Um, hold on a second. Where am I? This is. Uh, 
I knew we have to be very afraid. Let me see. Maybe we can roll out the jingle again. Where is it? Uh... It's the no now with SARS. We're back with tonight's Outer Circle, where we reach out to our sources around the world, and we begin tonight in London, where a man is in critical condition with an unknown virus that is related to the deadly SARS infection. The World Health Organization has issued a global alert over the new virus. Atika Schubert is in London, and I asked her if she knows how he even contracted the virus. Aaron, authorities here do not know exactly how or where the man contracted this virus. All we know is that a Qatari man is in critical condition with a coronavirus. This is the same class of virus uh, that causes the common cold, but also SARS. Now, unlike SARS, this virus doesn't just cause severe respiratory illness. It also seems to cause kidney failure. Now, fortunately, it doesn't seem to spread as quickly as SARS, but this is something that medical, medical authorities still are trying to figure out. What they do know is that a second patient was diagnosed earlier in June with that same virus that patient died and what authorities are looking at now is to see whether or not these two patients were in any way connected uh, and how or where these two may have contracted that virus and that will help authorities figure out whether or not this virus is spreading or whether it is already much more widespread so I uh, go to the World Health uh, Organization uh, website uh, who.int to find this global alert and response report, uh, which is uh, they abbreviate as GAR, G A R, global alert and response. And this whole report is based, this, this entire uh, Aaron Burnett report is based upon this one GAR. And they literally took the guy, so it says here, novel coronavirus infection in the united kingdom now what does that sound like to you that headline john what does that what does that mean it means it's a one-off but it sounds like there the infection is in the united kingdom oh yeah right it sounds like something's going on there on september 11th this guy who was in qatar was transferred to the uk by air ambulance from qatar they brought it, so he had this virus in Qatar, and they took him to the UK to have laboratory testing done on him. And he's not a UK citizen. And then this report goes on to say they compared information from the clinical sample collected from the 49 year old Qatari national with that of a virus sequenced previously by the Erasmus University Medical Center in the Netherlands. It's identical. What that tells me is that these guys at the university in the Netherlands synthesized the virus, and now they want to know why this guy in Qatar has their virus, and that's why they brought him over. This is complete. This is, there is no virus other than this synthesized thing and they brought the guy over to have him tested in London, and now it's like, oh, we have this huge problem going on with uh, a SARS-like virus in, in the UK. This is very, very, very strange. I would agree. I, I, when I first heard the story, I thought there was something screwy about the virus being a, perhaps uh, manipulated. But now that you have this information, it's obvious that what you just said is absolutely what's happening they have synthesized this and they want to know why the guy had it over there and they can't figure this out 
Anyway, yeah, no, that would be of, of high importance. That's why they would haul him into the UK under probably he's probably in an MI6 lab. Here's the uh, and they have some little uh, <clears throat> uh, coronaviruses. This is still from the World Health Organization website. Are a large family of viruses, which includes viruses that cause the common cold and SARS. Given that this is a novel coronavirus who is currently in the process of obtaining further information to determine the public health implications of this case with respect to these findings who does not recommend any travel restrictions please note the change is an earlier ver- yeah i mean is this this they're just searching around i i, I don't know this this is nuts completely nuts and why bring the guy over <sighs> suicide know, that's the other thing yeah why bring him over it's not as though cutter hasn't got really you know high-end hospitals yeah yeah of course they, they, they've got tons of great hospitals over there for the elites yeah. and and in oh, the yeah. united states now according to abc news from a, another great research report i have no idea what they're trying to promote with this one that uh suicide in the united states has now uh, outpaced death by auto crashes in the United States. I find that hard to believe. Death, right? So not injury, but death. I think 44,000 people are killed in cars every year. Well, apparently more people. Your overall combined unintentional and intentional injury mortality rose 10% over this over the period. Per one, so apparently uh, 12 per 100,000 people commit suicide in the United States per year and motor vehicle crashes second place. So the, our top cause of death is not guns. It's not terror or terrorists or terrorism. It's not even automobiles. It's suicide. From, of course, all these crazy-ass drugs that we're taking. I'm editorializing that, but... That can only be the logical conclusion is we're a drugged out, crazed nation and we're killing ourselves because of it. That's one way toward population control. See, I can stand here and do the one-liners too. (laughs) Yeah, but if you got a gig on CNBC or MSNBC, you'd make some actual money. I would. Then we could, if I could do that long-winded patter that guy does, that the was, political uh, analyst. That was quite awesome. You know, does it, you know, MSNBC doesn't even try to be balanced or even say they are. No. No. And I don't know if you saw the clean IT draft that uh, the EU has released. Which some, which some, I saw some websites as leaked document. Oh, we've got a leaked document. I go to the... The your EU website is just there. It's a link. It's not leaked. <laughs> leaked document. Leaked document. Uh, the, so uh, I, I do see some similarities between the uh, purported uh, executive order that President Obama will be coming out with, with the um, uh, having private sector and um, the government work together on identifying cyber threats and terrorist activities and uh, and um, sharing information. So they're doing exactly this in the in the EU. It's called the Clean It Project, which of course is meant to be clean IT. 
Um, there are a couple of things I picked up that are kind of interesting in this report, some suppositions and just things that they take as for granted. And just to give you an idea of how the European Union elites think, I wanted to walk through this for you just a second, if you don't mind. you want to hear some of this? Yeah. Okay. Um, the European Union, this is literally from the document. The European Union has identified the following offenses that are linked to terrorist activity. So these are um, things that are illegal and, uh, and against the law, which are linked to terrorist activities, including public provocation to commit a terrorist offense. So provocation, which I think is uh, open to interpretation. Recruitment for terrorism. Yes. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Recruitment for terrorism and training for terrorism also when committed in the online environment. Internet companies, this is who will be uh, adherent to this, uh, this regulation, uh, can refer to providers of access browsers, chat boxes, certificates, domain registration, email, end user control filters, exchange points, hosting, messaging system, search engines, social networks, e-commerce sites, voice over internet protocol, and web forums. So basically everything. A web forum, really? Uh, preambles. The internet has become very important to modern society. The daily lives of individual citizens and for businesses and economic uh, innovation. Most use of the internet is legal and benef- beneficial to its users. The internet plays a positive role in our lives and societies. Nevertheless, you guessed it, the internet is, the internet is also used for illegal purposes, including terrorism, supporting terrorism, and encouraging terrorism. Ah, there you go. Encouraging terrorism, John. That's going to be uh, illegal. The use of the Internet for terrorist purposes is illegal by European legislation. That includes spreading violent propagandistic material, glorifying and encouraging violence, and radicalizing and recruiting individuals or distributing training manuals. This is all illegal. So the encouraging thing, I'm, I'm a little worried about what that means. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Does all this that you're reading mean that a Shea Guevara t-shirt will soon be illegal? Quite possibly. But only if you take a picture and put it on your website. Mm. Because the illegal content itself, as I'm reading here, does not always lead to radicalization and terrorist activities. Now, now I I want to read that again. The illegal content itself does not always lead to radicalization and terrorist activities, while content that does contribute to radicalization is not always illegal. Get your mind around that. So does that mean that if it leads to terrorism and it's not illegal, it is illegal? Well, let me read it again and see if we can dissect this. The illegal content itself does not always lead to radicalization and terrorist activities, while content that does contribute to radicalization is not always illegal. This is the most important line in this document. What they are setting you up for is to remove your content, even though it may not be illegal, because it might lead to radicalization and terrorist activities. Many activities of terrorists start in ordinary, easy, accessible parts of the Internet and are not illegal. For the above reasons, it is necessary to discuss and distinguish between unequivocally, uh, 
unequivocal. I can't say the word unequivocally uh, illegal content and act, or activities and cases where it is not clear whether the content or activities are illegal or not. Ladies and gentlemen, turn off your modem. Turn off your router. Pack it in. You're done. You're done. <laughs> okay, cheery ending to the show. <laughs> Well, this I have is, always said that our show is is, is doomed, subject doomed. to eventual shutdown by the government. We're doomed. We're totally so, you know, doomed. get it while you can. That's the way I see it. Dvorak.org slash NA. Keep us going. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, uh, let's wind it up here with your end of show clip. Uh, it's a long one, uh, but it's, uh, you've played it up enough that I'm very excited about this uh, actually being... Yeah, it's a man funny. on the streets stuff with uh, with some place in New York. Or they were asking Obama supporters what what they think of him and why they're going to vote for him and all the rest. And it's uh, quite funny. And Howard and his and Robin are are convetching in the middle every so often because they're stunned by this. Now, and uh, do you have a serious receiver? Is that uh, how you get a hold of this? Or uh, no, it's actually listen? on the blog dvorak.org slash blog. This is right there. Oh. Complete. Do you, do you, I, do you, I edited this down a little bit. All right. You listen to the Howard Stern show at all, or? Yeah, I like the Howard Stern yeah. show. Yeah, I wish it. So this is actually a stretch for him to do some political stuff. Yeah, it is a little bit. Right. Okay, so um, as we get out of here, uh, I will remind you as well, Dvorak.org uh, slash NA. Um, I am now recruiting. I would like some brown shirt Nazis for the chat room. Uh, all you need to be able to do is type <laughs> slash kick. Fill in the name. If you're a Nazi, come on in, because I'm looking for you, because I'm so demotivated by this crap. And we'll be back on Sunday. I will be here once again from the People's Republic of Southern California, and uh, that will be in Los Angeles, where the helicopters are like drones at night. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, and by the way, when he gets back from Los Angeles, I go up to Port Angeles, so we still have a crappy connection. Yay! No matter what we do, I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> we'll talk to you again on Sunday, right here on No Agenda. They're trying to change the, you know, the U.S. Absolutely. And what do you like that he's done so far? I mean, you know, he don't got the Medicaid and all that, the, the medical thing going. You know what I'm saying? He got most of the jobs, like he said he was. And you know what I'm saying, like, and he, he, he really improving, but he need to improve more, so he need to stay on up in, so he can do more, you know what I'm saying, things, like he said he would. Yeah. Do you hope he will eventually find and kill Bin Laden? He, he, he'll eventually do it, though. You think he'll eventually find him and kill him if he, if he wins this election? Every person they interviewed, about 10 people? They didn't know that Bin Laden was dead? I'm telling you, I can play every one of these interviews. <laughs> they don't know Bin Laden's dead over over, over wherever the hell Salman well, Richard was. I don't think this guy knows what day it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but this woman, I would have thought, this woman sounded very with it. Listen to this. Do you know who you're going to vote for in this election? Obama. I just don't like Romney. <laughs> what is it about Mitt Romney that you don't like? Is it that he's pro-choice? or? Yes, and it's just his general... It's him in general. I just don't like him. Because he's a Muslim? It has nothing to do with religion or what his views are. I just don't like him. Do you think Obama made the right choice by choosing Paul Ryan as his vice president? Um, yes. Do you think he picked Paul Ryan because he's African-American or because he's qualified? 
Uh, it could be a little bit of both. And do you think Jesus McCain Christ. has a shot this time out to beat Obama for this election? No. I, I just don't see McCain as like presidential material. I don't see it. What percentage of the vote do you think McCain will get over Obama this time? Um, about 20, I guess. If Obama wins this time, are you hoping that we finally catch and kill Osama bin Laden? Um, honestly, I don't agree with the whole war thing, but if we, you know... Do you think he should just go to jail then, bin Laden? Yeah, he can be tortured, but, you know, I don't believe in killing. How long of a jail term do you think bin Laden should get when we find him? Uh, it should be indefinite. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Wow. By the way, I'm pretty sure you can find a bunch of white people who don't know what's going on either. <laughs> well, they do. Uh, you know, again, I told you that uh, Nancy Pelosi's daughter did this uh, documentary of some guys in Mississippi, and they were off the wall, too. Were they? Oh, my goodness. This is some African guy, but you'd expect maybe he doesn't know what's going on. Are you happy with Obama's vice president pick, Paul Ryan? Yeah, because, uh, you know, Paul Ryan have a lot of issues because of... Uh, Anything the media show to him in the TV is not right. Do you like Obama because he's pro-life? Is that one of the reasons why you, you would vote for Obama? Yeah, I like Obama, you know, a lot of issues for the human rights side. And like uh, pro-life? Pro-life, uh, international, you know, Marcusi, you know. Do you like that he's anti-gay marriage? Oh, yeah, you know, that's human <laughs> beings. So you like that Obama's against that? Yeah, I like Obama, you know, the way he do about the politics. I like that. Do you support Mitt Romney because he's black? No, 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 that's matter to me. It's the issue to tell people what you're running for, explain to people your issue. Policy is the issue. Now, are you upset that uh, Romney is for gay marriage? Does that bother you? Yeah, that, that bothers me for the human... Yeah, you know what I mean? He do not know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> People are so willing to talk. They're not listening at all. Yeah. This guy's like, uh, one guy believed Obama was a Mormon. <laughs> I mean. Well, we're obviously dealing with a whole population that doesn't listen to uh, the newscast or read a newspaper. Yeah, but how do you miss that Osama bin Laden's dead? Because they don't listen to anything. Do you know who you're voting for? Obama. Why? Because um, I feel as though he's... Who are you voting for this election, Obama or Romney? Obama. Why is it? He's done more. Do you like Obama because he's pro-life? Yeah. I'm for that. Yeah. Do you support his vice president pick, Paul Ryan? Uh, yeah, I do. What do you like about him? Um, Paul Ryan always has he always has the stats out. He's he's always coming with stats. You know, he, he knows basically knows what's going on. <laughs> Unlike you. Shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Do you think people are upset that Sarah Palin's running again this time? I think she's probably got a little bit more experience this time than last time. Does it bother you that Obama is a Mormon? Um, no, but that basically <laughs> sways his votes a lot in, in, in the way that people look at him. <laughs> and does it bother you that Mitt Romney is black? No, no, that, that's not the issue, no. Thank you very much. Have a good day. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. What does anyone say? It's interesting that all you need to do is get your name out there. Yeah. Because nobody knows what you're about. Well, that's what Jesse Ventura was saying. Else. People vote Democrat or Republican. 
You know, it's like they don't even know who the hell's running. Right. Uh, who are you voting for this election, Obama or Romney? Obama. I think I, he, he's the best, pre- the best president. Do you hope Obama finds bin Laden and kills him if he wins? Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to see him dead. John McCain, do you think he has a shot this time out to beat Obama? Mm, McCain, I don't think so. What percentage of the vote do you think McCain will get this time against Obama? 40. 40 percent? Yeah. So it's going to be a close race. Yeah, I think so. Now, how do you think Sarah Palin's going to do as McCain's running mate in 2012? I will vote McCain, but not Sarah Palin. There's been talk that he'll drop Sarah Palin in this election. Are you going to vote for him now? Yeah. And you're going to vote for Obama as well. Yeah. Are you happy with Obama's vice president, Paul Ryan? Of course. What is, what's some things that he's done that you like? Um, he's honest. He's, he's saying what the other thinking and not saying. And he's in really good shape. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, based on this, I think McCain's going to maybe take it. I think he must be busy with something at this moment. <laughs> or perhaps he must be stuck somewhere at the traffic. Slash <laughs> 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 <laughs>